Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this time we can't drink beer, but we will anyway. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. We're the Drunk Guys, and we are joined this week by... The Drunk Mormon Podcast! <laughs> We're the Drunk Mormon Podcast. I'm David John Banks. I was raised Mormon. I'm Lauren Sackwich. I've never been Mormon a day in my life. And of course, joining us as always is our producer and designated driver, Ashley Pacini. Hello! And Ashley's also former Mormon, yes, not to yes. steal her thunder there. That is correct. So this is twice the amount of drunkness we normally have and uh, infinitely more Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, what a childhood of yours that I envy suddenly and strangely. <laughs> different. We'll compare different. notes later. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are reading out, I'm not even sure how to say this word because I started reading the Wikipedia article on it and then I got uh, upset uh, we're reading Tennis Shoes Among the... Is it Nephites? How do you say this? Nephites, yeah. Good job. Yeah, the Nephites. I need to say, I'm actually freaking stoked because usually it's just me having to listen to all these Mormon stories and like drag through the Book of Mormon. And I'm glad that I got to do it with you guys this week. Yeah, yeah normally on our <laughs> podcast, we get drunk and talk about the people who never get drunk, the, the Mormons. Mormons. And that's either stories from Mormon church history, stories from uh, the Book of Mormon, or just general peculiar things that Mormons believe. And Lauren is forced every single episode to learn about the weirdest fucking religion to have been founded on the American continent and also accrue over $100 billion. You never heard the joke, how do you, how do you keep a Mormon from drinking all your beer? And you invite two of them. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Honestly, that's not a joke. That's like that's like the truth right <laughs> that there. That is true. <laughs> Sage advice. So you invited two of us. Speaking of beer, <laughs> though, we should have some because that's what we usually do on our podcast. Yeah. And it's usually what we try to avoid. We go for cocktails or shots of things, but we've never done IPAs. So we're going to do IPAs with you guys today, or at least I am. I don't know if Lauren all actually came prepared. Well, I was going to say, the reason we've done like over 100 episodes of our show, we've never done IPAs yep. because the very few exposures I've had to them has been different versions of... Ugh. Very... Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll see how you do with yours for today. I have an IPA. I'll I start. <laughs> this does have to do something with the book also. Ooh. We love a theme. So, okay, this beer is called That's a Terrible Idea. What time? Because at the beginning of the book, the main character, whatever the fuck his name is, I've already forgotten. No, his name Jim. is Jim Hawkins. Jim, Jim Hawkins. Jim, Garth, and From then Stranger followed Things. by his sister Jennifer. They go to the caves to find it in the middle of the night or like really in the morning to find some like They're, mo- they're Mormons. They go first thing in the morning, dude. They Rainbow rooms. <laughs> they get up very early before anybody else, so they have to get up like super. Anyway, and so they're like, oh, going to caves early in the morning? That's a terrible Terrible idea. What time? Well, this is this is after um, Jim Jim recounts his horrible mischief he gets into with some of the most outrageous 1947 pranks, like stealing all the pies from the Christmas social. Was <laughs> one of the, <laughs> the worst. Except like, this took oh, place in 2006. He's a rapscallion. Lock up your windowsills, ladies. Like there's kids coming <laughs> around here. 
or the anyway, other. Anyway, this is a 11% triple IPA from Fat Orange Cat. Mm. And it's uh, it's nice. Triple dry hopped. It It is very nice, actually. Very nice. But it's quite strong. Can I... Sorry. This is going to be a little bit of a culture exchange. We'll help you with the Mormon stuff, and you guys can help us with the beer stuff. It's not an even exchange, but we can do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> my question is, what is the difference between... IPA and just beer. This is a real question of mine. So, okay, this is my shtick is the guy who doesn't have a, I don't have a problem. I just know a lot about beer. Uh, there are <laughs> many different styles of beer. So there's, you know, dark and light colored beers. There are ales and lagers. And it are all a product primarily of what type of um, malted barley is used, like how roasted or not roasted it is. We'll determine if it's a lighter colored or a darker colored beer. And uh, so the majority of what you're thinking of as beer, like Budweiser, Coors, that kind of shit, is all based off of Pilsner, which is like a, a Czech and German style of beer, like a light lager, like just like barely has anything in it. So it's a water with enough alcohol to pretend it's not water. Got um, it. And then IPA is an ale, so it is you know, there's there's there are differences between ale and lager. Basically, basically, what type of yeast are used to turn the sugar into mm. alcohol? And there's pale ale. We've heard it right. And then IPA, short for India Pale Ale, which were the beers brewed by British, um, you know, colonists to ship over to the Indian subcontinent that had a higher hop content because that would as a preservative that would help it survive the sea voyage. So they were a hoppier beer. Well, so, why why is it that it. IPAs are sort of like the raised pinky of the brewery community? Mm-hmm. What what is that about? I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're the raised like the snobby. You mean like a snobby like past yeah. the, pardon making you pass the great poupon uh, of beer <laughs> <laughs> for a very topical reference? They are this the best selling style of beer in America amongst beer nerds. Like the best selling mm-hmm. style of beer is still like Budweiser or Coors or whatever in terms of volume. But for a small brewery, IPAs are the rage because they are like infinitely variable. Like you could change the type of hop you use, you could change the combination of hops, you could change there are many different subgenres of the IPA. Like Nate's having a triple IPA, which is just like a really strong one, basically. I don't there even are, know what kinds these are. I guess we'll get there. We'll learn you something. And uh they're just, you know, super drinkable and sweet. You know, now they're more on the sweet side. And they're just, that's what's really popular. And so capitalism is, is at work. So you go into a, your run-of-the-mill microbrewery and they'll have 12 beer taps and like 11 will be IPAs because that's what the people want. Mm. And because beer is a product that expires relatively quickly, they're really hesitant to make any sort of other style that could then linger in the kegs there for weeks or months and then be kind of trash. So they just mm-hmm. make the stuff that's going to move. And if you find a real beer nerd uh, and you're like, hey, you want to try this beer that's made with like this kind of hop and aged in a whale's ass or whatever, they're like, it's an IPA. I guess I got to try it. And they'll just show up and do it. Wow. They'll wait online to try it. Sounds delicious. It's hard to get access to a good whale ass. Right. Mm. Uh, Many, many breweries have orchestrated it. (laughs) No? Sorry. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like aggressively checking the can of my IPA if it's like brewed in any ass that I know of. 
You would know if you have to ask. Uh, you'd like <laughs> you taste it. No, but there, there is a there's a there's so many like in the last like ten years, bre- small breweries have kind of like tried to explore uh, what other shit can you put inside of a beer? You know, was it like fruit or uh, you know other Pack candies? <laughs> Or cookies or all sorts of bizarre things have been added to beers and ingredients. We had that huh. fucking pastrami beer that one time. That was, that was the worst. No. Thing. That was so bad. Yeah, it was the horrible. second worst because the first worst was the basil beer. Oh, yeah, the caprese what? salad oh, beer. Wow. That kind of sounded like it would be good, though. It was not. If you were like, as a, as a vinaigrette, maybe, but it's not, <laughs> it's not good to drink. I once oh. had basil ice cream at this random cutesy ice cream shop in Malibu. Sounds very British. It, it was like, you know, it looked like it was going to be dessert, and then you ate it and you thought, "Oh, this, this, this is a different experience." I believe that flavor is called pistachio. Oh no! no? <laughs> Oops! All basil leaves. It's the new crunch, uh, Captain Crunch flavor. <laughs> Nothing like That's, basil uh, and milk. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so IPAs are the rage, and they're they're relatively easy to brew, and they just move. That's why that's like the thing now. Well, I took so I asked for advice ahead of time of where to go, and one of the places you directed me to was Other Half. Oh, here in New York City, good choice. And so right. I go to the Rockefeller Center location. I was there today. We may see one of their beers on my end. Oh, my gosh. I was there yesterday. We, we did not plan this well. Um, I remember there was a, a stranger at the bar, and we kept making idle glances. Was it you? Um, so I walk in, and I just stood there for a moment and looked around, and then I like waited for a bartender to come talk to me, and I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm doing a podcast, and I need a couple options of IPAs, and I don't know what I'm talking about. And this guy, whose name is Austin, Austin, Thanks, Austin. Half, literally like walks me through, give, is giving me little tastes of things, is do, is describing what the differences are and what they're made out of, and I'm like absorbing all of this, and it's probably immediately falling out the back of my head. But it was a great experience, so thank you, Austin. <laughs> and so I'm gonna start off. With I think this is one of their flagships, Green City. It is, it and is. you could apply that to this book. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's cities and there's greenery. They remark on how green it is when they come out of the the whirlpool, and they're like, "Look how the lush jungles of <laughs> fucking <laughs> wherever pre-Columbian we are. Oklahoma or wherever the hell it is." <laughs> So like, well, mine, it certainly ain't fucking Wyoming anymore. <laughs> Mine's <laughs> only seven percent. So I thought I was. I thought I was going hard, but we're we're moderate. Gotta that is that is right on the border. That's right on the border with a double IPA. Depend a, a lesser brewery would would pretend that's a double. This one's kind of hoppy and not in an Easter Bunny way. So that that beer is. I see what you did there. The dad pun gauntlet has been thrown, Nate. <laughs> um, so, I don't mind. It's tasted better in the little, uh, the little, uh, they make these like little, it's like a shot glass, but it's like a tiny little beer shot glass with a different shape, I assume. 
for flavor. There is a whole world of people who pretend that glass shape makes a huge difference. That's (laughs) mostly in your head. It doesn't. You taste with your eyes. Yeah, right now I'm tasting with my tongue. (laughs) And it's going okay. The main difference with how a glass of any thing will affect how it tastes is is how, how big the opening is. Because that really determines how much of your nose fits in there and therefore how much you smell of it. Mm. That's crazy. That makes a lot of sense. Scientific. Well, this actually isn't as bad as I was expecting an IPA to be. But what we usually do when we're like kind of so-so on a drink is we just drink it faster. (laughs) Oh, that's our thing too. If it's good or bad. Cheers. That's true. I mean, you don't want to waste alcohol. Not necessarily. Not necessarily a good idea with these double IPAs though. Why? They're quite strong. Yeah, we're a drunk podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, How do you think that happens? I'm just saying, if you've got multiple of these, I don't think you want to do all three of them in half an hour. We're always sitting on a case and a half <laughs> of all their half he's going to plow through. You guys, I'm walking distance to talk about, like, I'm going to be fine. Oh, he's living the fucking dream. Look at that. <laughs> okay. As long as afterwards you're trotting distance to a toilet and the Taco Bell, you'll be okay. Yes. <laughs> I have an apartment. <laughs> And it's New York City, so it's not even that big. Easy walk. Every step up those stairs is a risk. Oh, first floor. Oh, well, you're safe then. Till the hurricanes come. Uh, so I have so many <laughs> questions about this book. Can, can you tell... Like, first of all... We, we, first of all, we tried to plan this is, episode. What the fuck? Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> we tried to plan this episode like a year ago, and then you guys mm-hmm. were like scattered to the four corners of the earth, apparently. We had to spread yeah. the yes. Lord's good word to all his people. Someone was, was someone, yeah, someone was doing their, their missionary thing in like was it like Fiji or something? And yep. so Close. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> it's like they reminded me of the uh, the very little I knew about LDS was seeing the Book of Mormon and the whole the musical. Yeah, and the, the guy all he wants to do is like be sent on mission to Orlando. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he gets sent to like, I forget which you know poverty stricken African nation instead. <laughs> Uganda. It was Uganda. Okay. Oh, the best one. It's in Africa. <laughs> I like Lion King. And uh, he's like, oh, that's yeah, the joke sing. from the show. That's not my joke. I I saw it. Oh. It's a, it's fucking hysterical, but um, it's a I good remember, time. You know, I, I don't think they really send you. So some this nice book is kind like of that. exactly like the musical. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just as entertaining. A few less songs, but not zero songs. <laughs> yeah, not zero. My question is, why do you guys like recommend that we read this book? Like, what is the importance <laughs> okay. of yes. this what book? Did, in what did we do to you? Did we, what, yeah. Why? Did you we, were, so we were friendly. Like, what the fuck? That was not nice. <laughs> first of all, I just want to say that for the record, when we first chatted about doing a little collaboration, we gave you options and you picked <laughs> that was mike i was mike probably me i was probably the, drunk the other <laughs> option would have been uh the work in the glory which is a multi-volume quote you know oh god historical no. fiction about the founding years of the mormon church <clears throat> in 19th century uh new england so this that actually was, sounds worse. This was I stand by this. Yeah, I think you picked the better choice. one. Absolutely yeah. picked the better choice. Absolutely. This one's a tennis, lot quicker to read as well. It's a real So this is choice. Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites, written by Chris Heimerdinger, I think. And it is, for those <laughs> who have yet to crack it open, uh, a young adult fiction about what happens 
if three tween-aged kids in 1989 accidentally found themselves back in Mesoamerica <laughs> among the ancient inhabitants there as taught but not the real in ones. the Book of Mormon, <laughs> which is the founding scripture of the Mormon sect of Christianity that, you know, Joseph Smith, this up, up, up uh, enterprising young man in the <laughs> early 1800s was told by an angel of God, allegedly, where to find an ancient record buried in the ground uh, and how to translate it. And well, I mean, now, they were written in like, You can get a copy of Egyptian. it for free <laughs> if you want to have the Mormon missionaries know your address. It's tempting. It um, is tempting. Though they stop me on the subway platforms here in New York, and I have my kind of get out of, out of jail free card of, I already did it. <laughs> How do they take that? <laughs> They're always like, oh, and then it turns into less of a conversion conversation, more of a, so you want to come back? <laughs> it's like, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> No, usually what I try and do is strike them with a really friendly conversation until the train comes so that everybody else on the platform can be spared and I can just kind of take one for the community. That's very kind of you. You're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Well, one way or the other. I was going to say, I feel like it's such a Mormon thing that somebody was like, you know what? These scriptures don't include myself, (laughs) so let me write myself into them. Well, some people accuse the Book of Mormon of being sort of Bible fan fiction. And then this book, Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites, is kind of fan fiction of the Book of Mormon. So it's a little bit of a Russian doll situation. It's the twilight. Is this like this is the Fifty Lord Shades of, of the Gray? Rings, if uh. some people believed that that actually happened, I'm sure some people do. That's at least true. two. If in you the wish, history of humanity, at least two have been like, you know what? I think he was onto something. There's no way someone made up these languages. <laughs> if you, it's like the. It's too like detailed. The secret. They're trying to like manifest it into life. Like if I believe it hard enough, Tolkien man, I'm having a a, actually a great time with this IPA. It's, He's been converted. Really converted somebody. <laughs> Someone had to get converted. It's a Mormon podcast. That was so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you. But it's because I, I started with the easier one. This one's going to be. Uh, oh, that's oh. That broccoli or something like that. What is that one called? I asked for a contrasting experience, and I'm pretty sure I was provided one. This first there. one's kind of citrusy vibes. So if the, citrus it, was also beer. Big part of that, that's mostly a product of the hops that are used. There are many different, like, uh, proprietary blends, and they love to boast about it. It'll say it on the can usually somewhere. Yep. Peach rings. Oh, like the little gummy candies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just throw anything in the <laughs> vat and make a beer these days. Yeah, really do. Yes. Some of them are It's not like cooking in ideas. Zelda Breath of the Wild. I don't... It's, it's a joke you, for me <laughs> who's finally started playing it. Everyone else is like, that was quarantine, and I forgot by now. <laughs> no, I'm getting ready for the next one. Just a, what, two oh, months? Oh, yeah, there's another one. Anyway. It's coming. Tears of the Kingdom. Sorry, one thing that our podcast is known for is tangents, so I don't know if we've actually really gotten to the book we've yet. We've never had a tangent ever. We just put out. An ep- we just recorded an episode a couple weeks ago, and then we had some like stored in the tank episodes for like whenever we needed to put one in. And Nate was ep- editing it. and He's like, 
you guys made the same series of fucking dumb rock jokes in <laughs> both of these. There's rock puns. <clears throat> Recorded like, like a, more than a year apart, like 18 months There's apart. There's only so many you can make a bag. They were same. gems. <laughs> I, they were gems. I do love consistency. There's a lot of terrible puns. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we've, we've uh, gotten off the track occasionally. Wait, let me Sometimes tell you my theory about puns. Because puns make people groan, and I think I know why. This why? is either a very important discovery of human sociology, or it could be bogus. But my theory is the reason why people don't like puns is because when someone makes a pun, the person hearing it who's groaning has this very, very rapid-fire thought process that runs through their subconscious of hearing the pun misinterpreting it, correctly interpreting it, recognizing the role play, and realizing that they didn't think of the word play first. Just jealousy. (laughs) And so the reason why people groan at puns is because it's actually a microdose of their own self-loathing that they project at the person who made the pun for pointing it out to them. I believe the whole idea... Maybe not that clever. Wishing you could have made the pun is uh, punish envy. Is uh, what it's technically called. Punish envy. <laughs> Mike needs to get out. <laughs> okay, I think we should talk about the book. Please, yeah, let's <laughs> talk oh, about okay. women. So I have a beer for the, that. The book starts. <laughs> the book starts with Jim, who the book starts with a stupid frame. Right? Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's like the book is from the 19th century. Oh, the, like pro- the book the of prologue. Mormon. Yeah, the prologue where he's like, oh, I found this piece of writing. I think my grandmother wrote it, but it's about me, but I don't remember any of this. And it's like, well, that's dumb, but okay. And then it jumped right into his You know what I'm going to do is publish it. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Who writes a thesis in seventh grade? And then it jumps right into him as a like late sixth grader, early seventh grader, being a rebel and getting in trouble. Yeah. And with Uh, the, with the, the, with the the gang that wasn't the sharks or the jets, what were they called again? I can't. Remember. The, the little rascals, oh. the, <laughs> the Mormon rascals. No, uh, the Mormon Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, there we go. And so, and Jim has to chug a beer and then immediately gets in the car with his parents and then pukes everywhere. Which, but yeah, hold on, he's, he's, let's week defend 11 the guy. Year old. He chose not to do the cigarette challenge and he yeah. chose not to do the lewd talks about girls challenge and so he was running out of challenges to man cred evade so he had to drink the beer i do like that when he's giving the litany of other badass things he had done though they talk about how they would draw really upsetting pictures on the board when the teacher wasn't looking of like a monster eating an arm. He's like, dude, you never heard of a dick in balls? Like, what do you draw? You're a middle schooler. Like, you know what? what? He might have draw? honestly never heard of a dick in balls. <laughs> well, he did live in Cody, Wyoming, a very small town, and he wished that he could go back to the big town he came from originally. Cheyenne. Billings, Montana. <laughs> so the book, it, the first thing that I caught in the book is that he described Billings, Montana as sort of like a big city. They had two gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> One for each of your cars, you fucking rich head. <laughs> anyway, so he's like the rebel, 
And then stuff happens, and then he goes to talk to his friend Garth. Well, <laughs> hold on. Not to, I just something <laughs> you guys on. wouldn't know because you're not Mormon. Nobody's perfect <laughs> <laughs> until they join the church. Um, so he, I, we just need to elaborate on this beer moment because Jim drinks a beer. It's a, a core silver bullet for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The king of beers. He throws it up in the back of his dad's car, which kind of gives it away what happened. And then his family proceeds to treat him like he is an alcoholic. Yeah. They literally <laughs> treat him like he is a danger to himself and society, that he cannot be left unattended. They treat him like an alcoholic. All the relatives are worried. And I need you guys to know that this part of the story is pretty fucking true. Oh, God. <laughs> if Mormons believe... If you're a young Mormon kid Mormons with a believe, not literally, but culturally, that if you have one beer, you're an alcoholic. You talk to any Mormon who's like kind of leaving the church but hasn't started drinking yet, and they're like, well, there's a history of like alcoholism in my family, so I just think I'm really susceptible. And that's why I don't think I should ever even taste alcohol, because it's just best to steer clear. And then alcoholism is like one cousin had a Mike's Hard Lemonade once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This what we saw throwing up a beer. So he didn't, he didn't even metabolize it. It's already out of his system. Alcoholic. Can't be left alone. <laughs> no harm, no foul. What would they do when they when they learned about butt chugging or something like they just their whole world will be destroyed? I don't even know if he knows what a butt is. <laughs> <laughs> you mean my tuckus? Okay. <clears throat> so, so yeah, he goes over to his friend's friend Garth's house, and Garth is the the true believer who knows everything about Mormonism and all and the, the stories, nerd. all the stories. <laughs> and then he has a thing with his friends, but the main thing is is that Garth is like. Hey, I was walking around in the hills, as you know, you totally do, not and masturbating, I, and I found something. <laughs> we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to masturbate. That's so. We, we all go run around and make forts in the trees. You know, he's got. He had a lot more time on his hands. Um, Literally, so I have he, to handle a different type of wood quick. <laughs> I don't even know the double entendre because no one has exposed me to anything above a G-rated movie. Uh, and Garth is like, hey, we should go check this thing out. I want to show you this thing I found in the cave. It's a, it's a Mormon thing. I forget what it was, but it it's was a like hole. cave painting. It's a mural. It's a glory hole. It's like a cave painting kind of thing, I guess. It's a, but it's it's a cave painting of a bunch of what seem to be Native Americans attacking a nice group of white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So happy. misunderstood, those white people. <laughs> I'm glad you picked that up. I'm sure we'll elaborate on those themes later. <laughs> and then uh, Wayne is like, no, I'm sorry. Jim is like, hey, Garth, that's like, you know, pretty cool. And, and Garth is like, you know what? I think there's more. I think there's a cave with like a, a thing that he somehow calls it the rainbow room. It's like he already mm-hmm. knows it. But I, I forget why. Mm-hmm. And I did not care, so I did not try and figure out very hard what was really going on. And I was definitely, I wasn't skimming hard yet in the book, but that was mm. going to come up really soon. Anyway, so he, uh, <laughs> Garth says, hey, I want to show you this other thing, but we have to like go into the cave really oh. early. Yeah, so let's, to- 
<laughs> you have to show you this thing in the cave, and you can't tell anyone. Close yeah, your don't. eyes. <laughs> it's a secret. So they're like, he's like, oh, we've got to get up, really, get up really early, leave your house quietly so nobody notices, and then you're gonna go out, and I'm gonna show you the thing in the cave. And but just but the night before. Jim's sister Jenny is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And and Jim is like, "Oh, why are you bringing a hard helmet with you wherever you're going? That doesn't over to green for dinner. batting helmets. Helmet. Yeah. Right, there you go, batting helmet." And and and. and Jenny is totally like understands like he's actually going to sneak out and go something. And Jenny's like, take me with you. And so they're like, okay, fine. But Jim actually gets up and doesn't wake her up. And so he leaves without her. He's like, aha, I showed that dumb little sister. And he like leaves. And she's going to make a great fourth wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then they go to the cave. Yeah. (laughs) And then they, they go to the cave, but they're like on the way. It's like, they see, Someone coming up the road in the distance, and it's like, and, and it Jim takes is like, them so fuck. long to figure out this obvious plot device. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I see a giant cliche coming towards us. <laughs> in 1989, this was the first time someone had ever done this narratively. This was. And they're like, I can't believe we let women ride bicycles these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they get so that as soon as they like get to the mountain, the foot of the mountain or hill or whatever it is, and like Jenny is like, "Hey, you guys were gonna leave without me," uh, and they're like, "Okay, fine. I guess you have to come with us because you'll go and get in this cave and tell on us if we don't." So, but they, they also had, they had, had learned about this cave from like the drunk uncle or something. Like the like the the loose lipped uncle was telling us, "Hey, remember when we used to go up to the." Whatever the fuck they called it, like the boneyard or whatever that cave was where they used to like take, take women to try to hook up. And the dad's like, don't corrupt my children. There was no finger banging happening in that cave. And then they's like, oh, what? And then Well, they go, because it's a Mormon story, actually this daughter Jenny was horrified to hear that her father had ever kissed another woman besides his mother. And Which there, sounds and, like I'm making a joke, but that's literally that's how what's that in conversation the book, yeah. went. You don't didn't want to say which lips to be a man slut, you know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, different they, type of cave, Jimmy. <laughs> they do some spelunking, all three of the kids, and then they like make it through to like they find they like first they couldn't because because Jim and Garth couldn't find the right rainbow room before, I guess, but now they did manage to find the right one, and then it's like, oh. Because of Jenny. Jenny figured out the well, the thing. I also it was because no, she's of just like Jim, tiny. Because Jenny had this stupid fucking purse, and he <laughs> threw it, and it happened to go where the entrance to the right cave was hidden. So really, it was Jim that found it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds it in is... line with Mormon teaching that the woman that <laughs> the man takes credit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so. They find they go down in the thing, but there's like a river rushing through it, and it's like and it's the, like a, the cave is beautiful. There are all these rainbows everywhere. I guess it was there's called the three rainbow water. Room. It's like walking into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, and you're like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen inside. All Can these Mormons eat glittery, chocolate. They do. Oh my god, they, they love yes. sugary shit, don't they? And, like, yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and it's the only thing they have to live for. The whole room is like <laughs> glittery and rainbowy, and it's 1989, so we're not like, oh, that's gay stuff. And there's a sweet synth in the background. There's everyone's wearing <laughs> jean People. shorts. The schnozberries <laughs> smell like schnozberries. 
And uh, this is rad. It's 1989. All, I guess all of those waterfalls are like making a big whirlpool in the middle, which was probably very noisy. And um, <laughs> it, Jenny, that Jenny's dumb bitch, <laughs> falls in, and then they have to jump in after her, and they all get oompa loompaed down into the, you know. Augustus Glooped. They get Augustus Glooped Augustus into this glooped. whirlpool. Uh, so where they wash out, here's is where I beer, my first beverage will come in. They, they wash up on the land, and they're like, wow, that was terrible. And they're in sort of like drowned lands, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> drowned lands, no? Like, is this thing on? Okay, this is called <laughs> Deep. <laughs> Deep Terra by Drowned Lands. And it's a double IPA that's 8.2% alcohol and is made, and they see, they tell you the hops. They want you to know that it's with Citra, Mosaic, and Kashmir because one of them used to be part of India. and uh, The other one is a sweater. Right. Oh, that's, that is delicious. I mean, when you drink enough IPAs, those names will start to mean something to you that you'll know like what, because like, like, oh, Citra, okay, I know what that means. You know, like they have flavor profiles. Like that's what they're really trying to tell you. Yeah. Mm. But I guess that makes sense because I had a similar feeling about this book for you guys where I was like, well, if you were Mormon, a lot of these names would mean something to you. Well, no, most of of them just sounded like minerals. (laughs) 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 So the names were amazing. I do have to say the names are amazing. At least two people had the word moron in their name. I think... It was a yeah. clue. It's, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's just seeing like, what can I get away with these fucking people? And uh, yeah, so this is a very lovely beer. Uh, so they wake up and they're in Jumanji <laughs> is where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what year is it? Uh, and, no, the yeah, year. Yeah. It's like Terminator. <laughs> they were in Cody, it? Wyoming, and now they're surrounded by these luscious forests. And Kevin Rock and, or Kevin Hart and The Rock are running around with... Uh, who rolled a five or eight? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just nonsense in the background. We don't really explain that, but then they move on to go wander through the jungle as these three <laughs> like lost children. children. So, okay. They have, they have several granola bars that plays there. Yeah, they are safe. So <laughs> I was not reading closely at all. Where exactly are these jungles supposed to have been? So here's the thing with this book. Is there's a lot of insider baseball. I yeah. assume as heterosexual males, you understand what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to assume that you use the term correctly. There's a lot of assumptions. Um, <laughs> That's when you put the baseball inside of a man. Is that what? See, Nate, when a man yeah. and another man love each other very much. <laughs> Here's the thing about when a gay man makes assumptions, it does make an ass of you and me, and no one's complaining about it. Oh, it depends on whose ass, I imagine. But. You'd be surprised how not picky some of these boys are. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. Anyway, like- so <laughs> this book assumes that the reader knows the stories of the Book of Mormon. The Book yeah. of Mormon being Joseph Smith's quote-unquote translated account Fever of dream. ancient <laughs> Jewish people who sailed across the ocean to the American continent and either, depending on your interpretation, became the original indigenous inhabitants or mixed with the original indigenous inhabitants of the American continents. And 
it's it's sort of like a Bible where you have like the book of blah 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 and chapters and verses, and it's kind of boring to read. And there's all these crazy names. And he, he got you, that boring part down right. He really nailed <laughs> go, that part. Go through all of these stories as a kid. Mormons are very literate with the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Like most practicing Mormons know the Bible very well, and they know the Book of Mormon very well. They really engage with their scripture. So this book assumes that you are going to be like understanding all of the things they're kind of hinting at in the same way that someone watching who's like a a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies is supposed to watch the Amazon Rings of Power show and be like, I know who Gladriel is. Um, (laughs) So that's, um, we didn't provide you a study guide ahead of time because I wanted you to have more of an authentic experience. Going and dry. So they (laughs) are supposed to be. And we're we're supposed to figure it out slightly ahead of them because we read the title of the book. And they are supposed to be in <laughs> Mesoamerica in the lands of the Nephites. The Nephites being this ancient group of people, this ancient nation, all descended from one guy named Nephi. And so his descendants and followers were the Nephites. Of course. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things where things are named after people. Basically, any place that is going to be mentioned in this book is named after a person. Any group of people that is named in this book, any tribe, is named after a person. They only understand naming people. It never occurs to them that you could come up with a new name for a non-person. <laughs> for where you are. Yeah. That would like, explain why they named somebody fucking Mule Kite or whatever. That well, that was <laughs> Mulek. Mulek had his own group of people in a tribe, and they were the Mulekites. I just think Mulekite is the worst invention. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's what, when what, you have when a is this picture. Mulekite is also when you're going to, like, the some sort of summer Democratic Party fundraiser out in the park, and so you get all of these, like, donkey mascot on a string, and it flies up in the air. It's a Mulekite. All right. I, I was thinking, I thought it was a, like a, a wardrobe malfunction when you're paragliding, and it's like, look at that ass up there. <laughs> but, but you want to you keep it a little PG. When, when is this supposed to be, like, what years or centuries? Or is this um, pre or post Jesus? That's what Cause, I cause that's what so there Jesus. was. It is pre. There was one question line where they asked the kids, like, oh, more than ha, one line. In, has the Savior come? And they're like, yes, yes, the Savior has come. Something like that. And they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> He's good. Here. Oh. He's but I, I had a question about that, too, because at another point they were like, are you Christians? And the guy's like, what? Yuck. And then, like, it, as if that meant something. And then later on, I was like, yeah, totally, we're Christians. But if. If they're ancient Jews before Jesus, how would they know they're Christians? <laughs> I didn't really understand that part. It's called so, faith, Michael. <laughs> this is where we got we got to help you guys out. <laughs> like, oh, you poor dumb bastards! <laughs> so the ancient Nephites <laughs> believed in the prophecies about Jesus Christ's eventual birth. So they were Christians because they believed in Jesus. And followed the same God as the Bible people. Mm, they read the leaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they read the leaks. <laughs> they read the spoilers online. <laughs> and to your question, I just quickly went and looked up because the the plot of this story happens during a very specific part of the Book of Mormon. 
which I was so excited to hear whether or not Lauren even recognized it because we talked about this story for two episodes of our podcast and I expect Lauren retained none of it. It sounds like every other plot of the Book of Mormon. (laughs) But if you go to the Book of Mormon, at the top of every chapter, they do tell you what years on the Gregorian calendar approximately happened during. So we're talking about 70 to 75 BC, Mesoamerica. That is the board game we are now playing. When they say Mesoamerica, what the fuck is that? Mesoamerica? Like, where, where, where does it say? It's like Mexico. It's basically Mexico plus. This is obvious. I mean, it's obvious. Mexico plus the, the bonus. Your, Jimmy, it's just a bunch of Jews from 2,100 years ago living in Nicaragua. What is there to not understand? <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> so the Az, the Az, in, in, in the Book of Mormon, the Aztecs w- were secret Jews? No, the Jews came on submarines. <laughs> I got that right. The Jews came on yeah. submarines. Is that why they also had wood. pyramids? Probably. They, they, they were so good at building them in Egypt. They're like, fuck it, we know this is what we do. Bring them on. We're Jews, we build pyramids. <laughs> They're like, we just like this interior design. The yeah, triangle like, is just better for feng shui, you know? Like, why yeah. stress about what color to paint the ceiling when you can just not have a ceiling at all? It's just a point. It's all sides. All sides. That's that's like a Zen like Cohen. a well balanced to make argument. <laughs> all right. So the, so the rap the rabbis anyway. of Panama. <laughs> are out here. So these three kids, like, for some reason, instead of trying to go back the way they came, are like, let's just keep walking forward. <laughs> <laughs> We got these granolas, we'll be fine. And then like walk along the river to an abandoned town. Yeah. Where they and this where they find And like an old man. They find is an there. old blind guy. They're like, it must be a fucking space Jew or something. What is it? Time Jew. <laughs> well, this is where I was like, it's gonna be like answer my riddles three. I thought the blind guy was gonna be like a big part of the story, and he is no, not. No. He's just they needed to meet here's here's what I think happened. These kids needed to find a way to figure out that they are in Nephite times, but they're uh, like they're like a kid in King Arthur's court, right? Like they're in their their modern clothes and their Jan Sport backpack and their granola bars and plastic wrappers. Their tennis shoes, and their as tennis in the title. Shoes. And if the Nephite saw that, they would be like, "What in you know Joseph Smith is this?" And uh, so to avoid that, they could meet a blind person all by themselves so that our Got protagonists it. could have a discovery moment first. Got that's it. my That's my belief. That's why I think they made this creative choice of having just one old man in an abandoned village. But allegedly, the reason this village is abandoned is because the Nephites are at war with another group of people. The Laminants. The Lamanites, and the Lamanites are a group of people descended from Laman, Lamas, fuck who no. is Nephi's <laughs> Oh, it's, it is Mesoamerica. <laughs> so Nephi and Laman were two of multiple children who are, were in the original family of Jews that sailed to the American continent, and... Nephi was the good brother, and Laman was the bad people. The bad. Well, brother. He's fucking and so lame all of man. Nephi's descendants name. were good guys, and all of Laman's descendants were bad guys. Okay, isn't this the story of Cain and Abel? Isn't this <laughs> yes. really like the same story again? 
It's just repackaged. Look, <laughs> the universe is made out of fractals. We're going to see the same patterns recur. Sure. Which one of these, is it one of these guys that made, like, carries the sin of, of uh, Cain or whatever the fuck it is? Isn't that where, like, black people come from in the uh, Mormon uh, church? That is. That's. Yep. That is one of the. That's Bigfoot. Uh, the beliefs. <laughs> but they're, like, swarthy Mayans. And they're like, we're kind of halfway in between. Like, how does that work in? Same they, curse, they're sh- different execution. They are struck by the <laughs> whiteness of these boys. They are. That, I wrote this yes. note multiple times, which was like, this book is obsessed with skin tone. Everyone they meet, there is at least a full sentence describing their skin tone and possibly the bone structure of their face. So very high cheekbones. It is worth acknowledging <laughs> strong that Aryan genes. Nephi's people, the good guys, stayed like the approximate um, sort of whitewashed Caucasian Bible story skin tone. After spending a thousand years in Mexico, yeah, and the Lamanites so many were wicked, <laughs> and so they were cursed. And so to make the curse easy to distinguish so you wouldn't meddle with the wrong people, uh, it affected them and gave them darker skin, just like the curse of Cain was supposed to do to create the entire African continent. I don't know. Um, So every time you meet someone in this book, they are described by skin tone so that a wary reader in 1989 is going to be like, oh, this is going to be a good guy because he's whiter. (laughs) It's like white hat, black hat to the extreme. Yeah, and which is why yes. there's that mural in the beginning of the book with a bunch of dark painted people chasing the white painted people because the white painted people were the good guys of Cody, Wyoming, apparently. <laughs> Running to the to Who's the General Custer. <laughs> uh, Struck so. down in his prime by savages. <laughs> The thing is, they find these abandoned villages because, ev- and Garth knows everything about the Book of Mormon. He's studied this like he had to do a podcast drunk on it. And we have not mentioned the name. The name of this child, this protagonist child, is given the name of the worst character ever, Garth Plimpton. Garth Plimpton. Well, because you needed to know phonetically that he was a dweeb. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I can't um, hear. And the then word the other Plimpton. guy's name is Jim Hawkins. So he's like, I can come up with one name. <laughs> the other name I'm going to borrow and say that it is my idea, much like Joseph Smith translating the book of Mormon. <laughs> oh, it's very meta. <laughs> it's this whole thing is meta. Um, and me reading this again, I read these books when I was a child. You did the whole thing. I was oh. like, oh, I know when this is because I remember from the episodes we did on this story that there was a period a specific period in the story where all of the Mormon well they weren't they didn't call themselves Mormons at the time but all of the Nephites had to kind of evacuate and shore up because there was this big battle so this is what's starting to be displayed and Garth's like oh my god I know where we are and I know when we are which right is at the, the most exciting part of the book the most of- exciting part of any time travel story is people figuring out not just where we are, but when we are. <laughs> and they are when? B- approximately 70 to 75 BC. Where? That is up for debate, but probably Mesoamerica. <laughs> the year is definite, but we don't, haven't quite pinned down where. But we know yeah. the time. <laughs> no one within calls five by years. the same city names now, so it's kind of hard. There's literally debate. Which one about is Tijuana? Where. 
to that's in Mexico. <laughs> there is debate about, and Lauren, we will elaborate on this in a future episode of our show. There is de, there is literally scholarly debate where they look at the maps of the settlements of literal actual indigenous Americans in the sort of Central America region and compare it with the descriptions in the Book of Mormon of the geography of different cities. And uh, there are literally scholarly debates about what the more plausible locations, real-life locations of Book of Mormon places are. And there's, like, different theories. And if you want, you can spend money to go on a tour of the Yucatan Peninsula where you're told which Book of Mormon cities these like Aztec settlements possibly used to be. Look, I can make shit up too. I was going to say the word scholar is doing a lot of work in that sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a uh, significant debate about like, is this like ruins of a city? Is this the actual Troy? Like people think they found Mm. the actual Troy somewhere. And you know, what is today? Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Hoboken, New Jersey. But (laughs) the evidence that they're going on is equally as, you know, Slim. I would. Well, I would argue no, because there were Greeks living in Greece. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> at least that, one step back. There may not have been a war of Troy, but there were fucking hairy guys walking around there, all greased up at some okay, point in history. Okay, you with your multiple historic sources and archaeological. <laughs> Let's get out of here. We believe I, what I, we want to believe. I tried reading Wikipedia articles on on some of these names, and every one of them quickly devolved into being like, archaeologists agree that this is bullshit. Like every <laughs> fucking article, which is well, pretty not entertaining. everything you read on Wikipedia is true. I know, but I'm, I'm glad I found all the true ones. <laughs> so anyway, they're in somewhere in a verdant jungle, and they come across this guy named Onan, who this old dude who's like talks about the neophytes and it absolutely lost me on like what was going on in the mm-hmm. like a Mormon part of it. But wait, it was wait, like clearly on. somewhere was his important name in a actually Mormon story. Onan? It was O N I N Onan, yeah. But wasn't Onan, Onan the guy in the Old Testament who went who who jerked off? <gasps> and this guy is fucking <gasps> blind. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, wow. That's a deep cut. Wow. This makes me like the author well, more. Well, also, there, there are like a that's handful a, of character names in that's this That's an Easter like, egg. Onan knew about a handful, all right? <laughs> he does bring um, up a staff a lot, doesn't he? He Yeah, he does blow the stick. <laughs> there are a handful of names in this book that aren't Book of Mormon names, but are Bible names. Because there are some characters in the real Book of Mormon who have Bible names. crossover characters. So there'll be like from Nephi the other and Laman and Lemuel, and their brother's name is Sam. There's a there's a random Benjamin that gets mentioned. There is a Benjamin. Mm-hmm. King Benjamin. There. But it's like King all these Benjamin. other nonsense names that sound like they're from the Star Wars Expanded Galaxy. And then there's fucking Benjamin in the middle of it. It was absurd. You know, speaking of the Star Wars Expanded Galaxy, some of those books... Written by a Mormon. Was, was he was he looking for... Well, it was a long time ago. Was he looking for ancestors to baptize in that <laughs> galaxy far, far away? You know, that could have been an ulterior motive, but he probably just enjoyed the content. 
just a dweeb. Okay, so... Which is not how everyone in this podcast right now feels about this book. (laughs) So they're back in this time, and they're like, talk to this guy, and they learn about, like, uh, the army of... The Lamanites are wiping out all the Nephites. Yes, there's no, the battle. No, let him try it. Let him say it. <laughs> Nate, uh, we want to watch him names fail. Sometimes. We want so, the name. Uh, uh, so the, some of the names were amazing. Was I think it, it was Amalictis? Amalikya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, do you want us to tell you the actual pronunciation after each of these attempts? No. I, I believe no, it's Amalakaya is what I would have guessed, but... Amalakaya, you're looking too lower. <laughs> <laughs> it is Amalakaya. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, it's not. I'm a Lickia. It sounds like something from a black exploitation film when you say that. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's border. I'm a Lickia. That's I'm a That's how it's spelled. That is I'm how just, it's spelled. And to quote Lauren, "Don't threaten me with a good time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a Lickia. Don't well, don't let me stop you. <laughs> then, Do you see me throwing my hands up? Don't waste that tongue energy telling me anything else. <laughs> I got a rainbow room over here. They do have the gift it. of tongues. You know, the opening is all about how much of your nose you could fit in. Uh, that's, that's how I could taste it better. The universe is fractals. What can I tell you? Definitely. All right. So that was like five minutes of silence. Just so the everybody middle, at home knows. <laughs> so now, like the middle three eighths of the book, I have almost no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> because you skimmed it, or because you really tried? Because I skimmed it. Really I, tr- hard, I tried that was like, hard. As soon as no, as soon as Jenny got captured. Wait, that's my okay. favorite part. So Go they ahead, get yeah. captured. We also oh, yeah. one. So, so they're with the black guy. We have this. We have this cutscene with the blind guy that's kind of unnecessary. And then, like, th- a, three scouts or whatever in loincloths show up. So, like, Not you're kind of getting, scouts. like, kind of a sexy vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and they capture the kids. And Jenny believes and that they've like, been, this is happening to them because they aren't tithing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they're Probably not paying she's, she's she's Cause they didn't that. pay the and full ten percent. Definitely looked at pornography, so they are. In yeah, hell. if you're a Mormon, you're supposed to pay ten percent of your income, and if you're a child, you are usually taught to pay ten percent of your allowance. <laughs> That's to the church up. for the rest of your life, and if you don't do it, you can't get into heaven. That's the. So they've version. been stingy. So they've been stingy. He owed what fifteen dollars as a child? No, he had months. No, he owed I think three dollars and fifty cents. I think that's oh. what he owed. Well, and we, that's uh, like fifteen dollars <laughs> in today's money. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's who is it? Madonna. Madonna. And Wasn't his that the like soccer player. Was Madonna. Is that Moron I, which is I'm a moron in Pig Latin? Is that that character? (laughs) (laughs) I, Robot. Nope, similar. There's at least six people in this book that have names that are pretty much the same. There's a bad guy that get brought to whose name is Am Moron. (laughs) (laughs) Amoron. It's Am Moron. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. And so they're like, take these kids, bring them to the king. And this is the point in the book where they're like, 
Look, we can't have a woman in the book for so long. Nobody wants to read about a girl. So we'll abandon her at the next stop. <laughs> well, they're in the wild, so they're worried that her period will attract bears. It's true. Yeah, they're in the jungles. She is 11. So, which who knows? should be mentioned because her whole plot next is that she's going to be sold as a wife. The, the, ki- the guy, whatever, I'm a look, he's nuts, that guy. He's like, listen, when you become, when she becomes of age... In 18 months, I'm going to hit that. <laughs> so she is not, she's Multiple. not had the visit yet from Aunt Flo. <laughs> and these children have been prepared 0% for that, by the way. A few different paragraphs are spent <laughs> describing how everybody is obsessed with her blonde hair and yeah. touching her cheek. And, she's, you know, it, it again, pointing out things that are, are accurate to Mormonism, um, taking a very young girl as a multiple wife does track... <laughs> with historical Mormon history in the mid 1800s, because well, Joseph tell- Smith would Thanks do that, but you're not supposed to know. Uh, that's why I believe they like to bring them <laughs> young, uh, is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> they named a guy after it. So they did fun. name a guy after it, and then they named a school after him, where women routinely, to this day, get married around 19 years of age. That's they're getting their they, MRS degree. Don't say they didn't warn you. Yeah, <laughs> What's, I don't even know what an MRS you? degree. A lot about Mormons. Like we live in a cosmopolitan that. world. Oh, that's what all, all Southerners call Fair it. Enough. That I think that's not just a Mormon thing. Oh, okay. Enough, I was like enough. starting to feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are we being punked? <laughs> yes, I, see, we're playing Secret Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that would be a great show that six people would watch. <laughs> Netflix will put it on for nine seasons. Don't worry. <laughs> no, they'll cancel it after season two. They won't cancel like everything it. else. They won't cancel it until more people want to watch it. That that's yeah. yeah. So it's safe. reverse psychology capitalism. <laughs> psychology. So okay, so Jenny gets like captured, and she's going to become the wife of. Whatever Amalekiah. his name was, uh, who is a baddie, by the way. This is one of the is core villains. Well, he's he wants to fuck a sure. child. He's the one who shows up in like the peacock. That feathers. part's not in the book. So you know he's legit. That's kind of it's in there. No, they don't talk about their peacock feathers. I don't know. Maybe they do. Oh, I thought because oh, that word's offensive. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway. and then there's like so it's very confusing. Because everybody has a cousin skimming. that they're somehow mad oh, at. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best parts of the whole book is in this sequence where the Lamanites discover a, big, a flashlight. Because big... Garth oh, has a flashlight in his backpack and uh, everyone's amazed. They pull the old, that's like in every shitty time travel movie where the guy finds something in his pocket to pretend he's a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> literally, kid in King Arthur's yeah. court. Doesn't he pull that shit? I, is that what the the kid from uh, what was that shitty movie? Was that the same kid from uh, Rookie of the Year? Was he in that movie? Oh, oh that sounds right. Yeah, with the yeah, I think that's you. I think you're right. Mm. And he was also in the, the American Pie movies. Wait, was that Jason Biggs? No, no, not Jason Biggs. Don't insult that national treasure. It was uh, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> oh, he was the friend that they wrote out of the later movies because no one liked that character. Yes, he was in American Pie. The Thomas one. Ian Nicholas. Okay. Oh yeah. Two, this was this, three first names. It was the golden man. age of Jonathan Taylor Thomas's, and you know, three yeah. named white boys being on television. <laughs> he was in all the American Pie movies. 
yeah, yeah, they kept him in. They they wrote out a uh, Chris it. Klein disappeared for a movie or so. He had like one line or two lines in the final American Pie. Like, oh, that guy's in this movie too. I forgot about him. Well, because he couldn't get off from work at the fucking Jiffy Lube or whatever he's doing now. <laughs> if you can't film. get off with lube, then what are you doing wrong? <laughs> I mean, was there one moral in American Pie <laughs> that they could have taught us? <laughs> it's a, oh. kind of a different subset of jokes with you guys on with us. <laughs> Very much. Welcome to the podcast. All right. So uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of which, I have one of those myself. So the, almost nothing important happens in most of the book, but especially oh. in the middle part. Anyway, You're rounding um, down. entire plot. <laughs> there is. There is it, it technically meets the definition of a plot. It does. But it's so plotting the only note I took in the entire book is when Jim meets the girl... Oh, I, I got some. I took many notes. What oh, are you okay, I took about? one note. I'm gonna do mine first. So uh, one she note, and because he's like, he he meets her, and he like he's like, oh, she's so pretty, and then he like contrives a reason to go see her more. And he goes to get more, goes to get more wood for the fire, and then yeah, she's there, and and he says subtle. something like, he says something like, I thought. I thought it would be better with more wood. And I, my note was, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, you didn't, you didn't write down on like the next page when she dukes him and she, she tricks him. She's like going to lean in for the kiss and he's like, it's going to happen. And he goes in to kiss her and then she pulls back and she oh, goes, yeah. I am afraid of snakes as yeah. in the trouser variety. <laughs> and she, then she doesn't say the word trouser, but yep. But it's it's I implied that as well. It's implied. And also I mean her name, how do you how are you supposed to say this? Is this one of the real characters? Is she a real character? No. Her name is You can tell she's not a real character in the Book of Mormon because she yeah, has it. There are oh. three women and in the entire be- Book of Mormon that have names. Three. Well, it's, it's I was going to say because men, she's a lady, she's not a real character. Well, her name was something like Nuts on Chin, and then just the whole <laughs> It's actually Men on Chin. Men on Chin. Oh, yeah, it was Men on Chin. Men on Chin. Manchin. It's Steve, I, Steve Manchin. I just <laughs> thought she yeah. was like, she was going to grow up to be the love interest in The Road to El Dorado. That's kind of how I was picturing her. Ooh, I see that, yeah. she's hot. Yeah. Well, he thought Wait, so. She, she's, she's very hot. He's never seen a woman with, you know, bangs or something. And so he's like, <laughs> he lives in Cody, Wyoming. He's never seen a woman who doesn't look like she's from the same genetic pool. He's like, oh my god, look at that freckles or some shit. And he's like, she's losing so all control in his pants. And and she's also vaguely Mexican because at one point she makes him tamales. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Mesoamerican in there. I and I just imagine that the writer tracks. of this book is like just researching just broad cultures yeah. from the what region is to Mesoamerica? <laughs> she made him a gordita. He went to one south of the border. <laughs> We've and skipped she, a whole bunch of stuff, and then she sold I him a pile of fireworks. Up, but hold on. I have one, a beer for her. They introduce the concept of were jaguars. Oh yeah, like werewolves, but were jaguars, and they claim that this is a like a cultural reference from an actual ancient Mormon people. And I feel like it's worth asking Ashton. Like, this isn't real, right? Like, no, no. Okay. I've never heard of that. Two, a huge plot point is that these kids who come from Cody, Wyoming, and speak, we assume, English. Actually, they tell us that in the book. Um, are it's able God's to language. understand everybody who's talking to them and talk back to them 
because they've been given a spiritual gift, the gift of tongues, right? The ability to speak and interpret different languages. The reason this is worth acknowledging is because, one, plot-wise, it means that they get to be the translators for, like, the Mm. general and the prophet and stuff in this big war that's mounting up. And two, I need you guys to know that Mormon missionaries around 19 years of age, 18 years of age, get called on missions around the world to preach the Mormon church. Mm. And a lot of places around the world don't speak English. And these missionaries learn these different languages very, very quickly. And a lot of people who are active in believing Mormons do not necessarily credit this to sort of the necessity of what you might describe as the best immersion program ever. Yeah. But a lot of Mormons do attribute missionaries being able to pick up languages quickly as being recipients of the gift of tongues. So this isn't like a casual, like, ooh, spooky thing. Like, this is a little pedestrian as far as the the sort of real-world opportunities for a faithful Mormon. And if you're having a hard time picking up your language in a mission field you might start to wonder if it's because maybe you had too many dirty dreams. <laughs> and so you're oh, not no. worthy of the spiritual gift of assisting you with the language. You so. drank too many Coors Silver Bullets when you were in seventh grade. <laughs> you get a, but also this kid drank a fucking one, like what, oh, two weeks ago? I don't even know the, that he's that sorry about it. The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But it's, it's pretty telling that like you could be... Because of your wet dreams, you're denied the gift of tongues because it's probably what that dream was about, just a slightly different version of that gift. Yeah. Also, to the Mormon, to the Mormony Mormons reading this book, this language situation provides many opportunities to kind of nerd out. Because they're like, oh, I was speaking this language, and you're reading it, and you're like, <laughs> because you recognize the like specific group of people that they mentioned. And at one point, you realize that the book is suggesting that the, the common language that everybody speaks. Well, because first of all, these kids apparently can understand every language, so that has to be tested. So people like throw them stuff in all these different languages, and they go, I understand you. And like, that's crazy. I was speaking this language. But the default language, the common tongue... Of Mesoamerica in 70 to 75 BC is, in fact, Hebrew. I don't know if you guys picked up on well, that. that just oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They're all. You were like, they're, sure. They're, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because they're. I mean, they do. It's they the do common say, oh, tongue in Mesoamerica was... now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But so, I freaked out because. So he meets the cute girl because they escape. Right, they get captured by the Lamanites, but they escape because Madonai helps them escape. And I'm like, uh, dreamy, I have a crush on Madonai. No sooner did those words leave my mouth, immediately dead. <laughs> these oh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> now these kids are found by Captain Tiancum, who is a oh, real uh, Book of Mormon character. By I'm the way, so glad which is a by the very way you gay British it. meal. He's yeah, I was like, I prefer man. my tea with milk, but, you know, whatever you put in it is fine. Look, we don't have enough crumpets. Um, they get a little dry. So you can, uh, only, you can only make them so fast, though, the, the tea and cum. But it's really, it was an upsetting word to read 300 times. times. Tea and cum. All over the Book of Mormon. I didn't really, like, pick up on... The pages are stuck together. Um, <laughs> I'm just an enthusiastic student. 
Um, <laughs> so Captain Tiancum is like a war hero of the Book of Mormon that we made Lauren learn about, and she was she hated it. The it, whole time. it does sound like a vaguely you know like Native American name, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go with him to like, oh, the, the, land the Ojibwa, of, of course. <laughs> Well, they like go to all these different like Nephite settlements, but they end up in Zarahemla, which is like the big I, Nephite I pull, capital. It's the capital. That's an anti-anxiety medicine, isn't it? That's, a, <laughs> that's <laughs> where I think it's. I think it's the spake Zarahemla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Zarahemla is is like the focal point of any Book of Mormon archaeology tour that you take to the Yucatan Peninsula. Zarahemla's the city. First of all, it starts with a Z. Very cool. Second of all, <laughs> it works a lot until you remember it. Um, so they go to Zerahemla and they meet like literally the who's who. Like this is the Hall of Presidents for Mormons. Everybody they meet, they're meeting Captain Moroni. It's the Met Gala. Tiancum, they're meeting um, the prop. Was the, 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 who's the chief judge at this time? Was it Helaman? Yeah, he's remember. he's the guy that isn't he the prophet guy that they there is a guy whose name like, was very similar to Hellman's and yeah, I just many. thought of him as like these are some fucking white people and there's T Cum and Mayonnaise guy. Lauren feels so vindicated. Yes, I feel so validated. Wait until you listen to our episode. He's gonna lead an army of children. <laughs> he has a child army, which there's one reference to, by the way. There's a reference in this book to the child army that will be waged. Is, is um, it when they mention the number of troops they have? Yeah, I've, the 2060. It was an absurdly specific. No, it's an absurdly specific figure. They're like, we all met and uh, I, I highlighted it because like these numbers, two of them are estimates and one is accurate <laughs> down to the one's place. <laughs> like... like those are the kids. Those are the kids who will be a child army. We arrived with 2,754 men. How about you? And he's like, well, we left with just under 10,000, and we recruited about 600. And it's like, how did would you took us? You took a what? census of the one fucking group? Make- well, how else are you going to make sure nobody's left behind if you don't do a roll call that lasts 14 days? But the other numbers are like, eh, just ballpark those, so we don't know. <laughs> we, I, we I'm sorry. Enough- if you counted 2,000 people, sure, I believe that. If someone's like, oh, I counted 10,000 people in a reasonable amount of time. No. You have to start doing estimates once it gets too big. <laughs> so he did the first round. He's like, after this, I got to find but a better way. the second estimate was 600. <laughs> I'm not a fucking Sesame Street character. I don't like counting. <laughs> um, and so they're in like the chamber with the heads of all of you know, Nephite lore of this part of the Book of Mormon. Very exciting. And that is mentioned. At some point, somebody's like, hey, we're having a highly secret meeting with, like, the top of the top. Why did you bring two fucking kids? Like, the inner Mormon child in me is reading this, and it's like, this is the fucking coolest thing in the world. And... It's like when the all language the Avengers first came together. Oh, it's absolutely that kind of a situation, except they're all, like, you know, career established Avengers. Like you're the new and, and none are and none are women. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do, do you remember white, how though. they didn't send female astronauts into space for a while because they didn't know how the women were gonna be able to pee? Same situation. <laughs> 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 so they do the language test again. And 
they're like, do you understand this language? Do you understand this language? And finally, the prophet says something. And he says something, he asks some weird question, like, how come you didn't get eaten by cannibals? Which is actually a weird question. Because um, then you start to go, wait, Which, who are the to cannibals? to say, in, of all the sentences in this book, that's a weird one. That's <laughs> impressive. To me, relative. <laughs> Albert Einstein, well, like, look him up, relativity. <laughs> um, and he, the, so the kids finally answer the question, and the prophet's like, that's insane that you understood me because I was speaking in ancient Egyptian and only the prophets know ancient Egyptian. I I fucking rolled over in my chair because Mormons believe that the golden plates that Joseph Smith translated were written in a variant of ancient Egyptian. So this like, it's this fictional book like proves the Book of Mormon is real because look they speak Egyptian. Wow, <laughs> it's the fan fictioning of it that really just works, gets yeah. me excited. I I will not. <laughs> I don't need to even pretend that I did not have a beautiful time reading this book. It was the weirdest nostalgia journey I've ever been on, <laughs> um, and I feel similarly to also in my thirties. I have come to really enjoy things that as a child I may have thought were boring. Um, in other areas, other topics, like when I'm preparing a meal, I really like to throw broccoli in it. As a kid, I hated <laughs> broccoli. As an adult, I love broccoli, which is a great segue to my next IPA, also <laughs> nice. from Other Half. Jimmy is proud of that. that is which is Jimmy broccoli. <laughs> and it's well this done. cute hot pink sticker with little broccolis on it, which is and you know, sexually ambiguous. Anyone can drink it. Um, <laughs> and it's supposed to be not sweet in any way yeah they, i don't i don't know why we've been trying to we haven't been trying very hard we've recorded several episodes of our podcast oh. at breweries and oh he loves it this doesn't that's taste a, anything like broccoli <laughs> i feel like that's a good thing it gives you just as much fiber though or at oh. least a similar result <laughs> so we, we've we've tried to finagle our way to get free beers out of this podcast that's the entire goal we're not we're not quitting our day jobs and uh, we were trying to figure out a way to get into other half for a while, and, and I really want to know like where the they have a a bunch of beers with like broccoli in the name, or it's like cheddar potato sunset, and like they're like fucking. Did a guy with diabetes name these beers? Like, what are these <laughs> it things? Is, it is weird how many of them are food-related names that don't taste like the foods that they're named after. I, I'm, I'm actually uh, no. surprised they're allowed to call it that because there's some really weird restrictions on what you can... It's just in quotes. Yeah, yeah. With, and it's like a fine print, like no broccoli or broccoli <laughs> constitute, has, you know, concentrate has been added to this. Mostly it just they, tells me I shouldn't be drinking this if I'm pregnant. That's the only fine print that I'm finding. Uh, other half has one called a top of the Brock. Yes, yes, I saw that. I was like, this yeah. is a local joke. <laughs> Somebody local. there really likes Because it's veggies. like top of the Rockefeller Center where yeah, they exactly, have. Exactly, yeah. So for those who don't want to go to Brooklyn because it's like, I only have so much time in my day. I'm not going to cross a river. You can just go to the <laughs> Rockefeller Center. They have a brewery right under there. Pretty and sweet. then you can stop by Banana Republic and spend too much on a shirt. Most Midtown bars, if you're a beer nerd, blow. So if you can get to... Well, most Center, of the Midtown bars that I go to do end up with a little bit of blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go there. That's It's not probably your kind of venue. <laughs> but if you close your eyes and pretend, you can probably make the most of it. This is the, this is the chewiest vagina I've ever had in my mouth. What is <laughs> 
So, uh, <laughs> the uh, Egyptian shit. I did have thoughts on this. Uh, <laughs> speaking of chewy vaginas. Speaking these of chewy, yeah. Beautiful segue. I don't know. I mean, I, we can keep riffing. I don't think Nate's, anyone's going to like where we end up. Nate's definitely not. He's going to this is getting cut. He's already thinking of it, where to put the cuts. <laughs> we got to keep riffing until we get back to the rock no, jokes. If, if, if the segue back into the conversation relies on the joke in order to make sense, that's how you keep a joke in it. Oh, that's, that's true. That's what keep it in. this podcast has learned. We, we, the two, it's really a, a horrible bullying situation in our podcast. Or it's me and Jimmy just being mean to Nate because he's, <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck, guys? Like, can't we just talk about this book? And we're like, we got to make puns about smegma. And then we just do that for 10 minutes. And then, and then try to like, you can't cut it now, bitch. And that's what we do. Uh, so now, we're, now we'll own that. The chewy, chewy vagina pun joke that's saying. I mean, it's got a flavor in your You can't just like, wash it out. You know, you can't. <laughs> You're not supposed to use teeth in a blowjob, though. <laughs> I I'm <laughs> like, you'll get feedback if you do that. <laughs> okay. <It's> a, <laughs> Some seriously negative Yelp reviews. <laughs> it's going to tank yeah. your, your Uber rating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did, I, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I was Googling what the fuck sacred Egyptian the language was? Oh, I was like, you were Googling, like, what is good blowjob technique? <laughs> uh, I have some opinions, uh, but I don't even know. Anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> That's a different podcast episode we can do. <laughs> Head over to Patreon, where we teach... <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, speaking in sacred Egyptian, now... We rely heavily in our podcast on our useless college degrees, <laughs> and we have several degrees in history between us. Wait, really? Hold on. What are the specific ones? The specific histories or just history writ large? A history in general. Uh, yeah. So All have... three of you? No. Nope. So between the three of us, <laughs> there are three music degrees and three history degrees. Because <laughs> someone has two history degrees or you guys were like, you know what I love? Music. That's why we're all doing a podcast. <laughs> it's more like a Venn diagram. Uh, so I don't yeah, think any of us have history or music degrees, so we're starting to feel a little outclassed. I have a minor oh, in history. You oh, could have useless degrees too. Wait, really? Ashley? I do. Yeah, from BYU. Is it Mormon history? So is it it's not history. <laughs> at, at Brigham Young University, which is a ch- private university owned by the Mormon Church, one of the general classes that you have to take to graduate is um, American Heritage, which is <laughs> this, it, which is Propaganda. U.S. history. It's U.S. history, but the textbooks include Mormon teachings and Mormon like. It's like a Mormon version of American exceptionalism. And so you're going to college, you're in like a a secular class learning about how the discovery of the American continent was inspired by the same God that Mormons believe in because uh, the American continent and an enormous amount of genocide needed to happen so that Joseph Smith had the religious Mm -hmm. liberty to start his church. Sorry, to restore God's church. Manifest destiny. Because that whole thing with Peter, when he died, everything that came after that, fake news. Until 1830, April 6th, Joseph Smith and 60 (laughs) others on David Whitmer's farm reorganized the true church of the living God. I believe it. I don't believe that, but I do (laughs) uh, have it down pretty pat. 
That's that's like way more specific than the shit I learned in Sunday school. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> just for the well, just if you for like the to sheer trivial aspect of it. <laughs> just, just because they could be to, to, to have the balls to be that specific. <laughs> like, it was a Sunday, Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> April sixth, or whatever the and. That's when God came back. Like, well, God didn't come back amazing. on April 6th. That was in 1820 when Joseph was about 14 years old. And in his town, there he was discovered this masturbating. fervor, right? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, all these churches, which one do I join? And Joseph Smith, this little 14-year-old, is like, I feel like I have to make a good choice here. I feel like this is a big deal. You know, it's going to affect the rest of my life. But he doesn't know who to join because everybody's got mixed messages. Everybody's trying to sell something. And it's like, okay, well... What am I going to do? Let's return to the source material, the old King James translation of the Bible. And, and the there, mystical tablets I dug up in my yard. <laughs> well, he doesn't, he doesn't dig them up yet, because first he reads in the Bible, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and it braideth not. And he's like, oh my fucking literal God, I didn't ask God which church to join. <laughs> so he retires to a nearby grove of trees to pray, and prays, and then God and Jesus show up in these pillars of light, and like, by the way... All of these churches, wrong. Some of them have a little bit of truth, but nobody has the full truth. But you, 100th customer, you're the lucky one. <laughs> We're choosing you, 14-year-old pubescent boy, to restore God's true church to the American continent. BRB will be back in a few years. And in a few years, they send an angel visitor to tell him where to dig up the plates. And then he translates them. And then he prints 5,000 copies of the book and then has people go around the world selling it. And then they all move to Utah. And that, that is how the Osmond the... family was made. <laughs> Knowing that this happened that, that, during that, the... the horniest years of his life explains the multiple wives thing. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, he was nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I said the fact that the... After 200 years, the most famous Mormons are the Osmonds and Sean Bradley are yeah. like... Was Sean Bradley a Mormon? Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley Who's was Sean totally Bradley? Mormon. From oh, Space yeah. Jam fame? Yeah, the fucking giant He's the Space Jam, Jam guy? The big, tall, the big tall white guy who sucked at basketball. I always got him yeah, confused basketball. with Larry Bird because I don't know a lot of basketball Whoa. players. Oh, two guys. Larry, Larry, Larry Oh, no. Well. La- it's very simple. Larry Bird, great. Sean Bradley... Terrible. Yeah, but Sean Bradley was in a fucking Space Jam movie. Yeah, because they were like, we need a giant. Like, first of all, they're like, we need to find talented basketball players, and they realized, like, optically, it was 1995. Like, we should throw one white guy in here, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, how about we find a really big one? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> oh what, yeah, what do we do? Some, you want to have some topography in your cast, and so they put Sean Bradley because he was the tallest dude in the league, and he was like a hook, and then they put him in there, and he sucked. And he played for a decade in the NBA because Wait. when you're seven and a half feet tall, they'll put you anywhere. You know, they'll just throw you on the field and you're on the court there. That's, that's, all, that's also true of the midtown bars I go to. If you're seven and a half feet tall, you can have pretty much anything you want. I think that's true. Of, I mean, I'm sure some of these, uh, tea and cum or whatever they suck in the are. Some of these guys <laughs> must have been. <laughs> yeah, you'll get a little bit of that too. How do you well, like your tea? Sorry, I, did, I missed that. <laughs> It's so, so funny to hear. Sorry, I'm moron. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> it's so fun to hear the names from non-Mormons because I've grown up with it's Tiancum. Never crossed my mind to be dirty I mean, until well, it was in my late Well, it's because you have to differentiate 20s. between tea or cum and tea and cum. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to drink either of them. 
Well, you're not supposed to drink tea as the more right? You can't have coffee and any of that shit, right? You I don't think no Mormons stimulants? want you to drink can't cum either. <laughs> that was Oral my next sex question. was specifically <laughs> forbidden for a long time. Joseph Smith really fucking pun intended. He blew that call. Uh, because <laughs> that wasn't him though. I think that that came out later. He Every was time totally a leader all church, about that. <laughs> Every time a new prophet takes over the Mormon Church, because the Mormon Church has like living, prophets, it gets worse. The, prof, the new prophet comes in. He's like, I need to establish my dominance by outlawing <laughs> something new. And the latest prophet, Russell M. Nelson, his big legacy is he outlawed the word Mormon. They're not supposed to call themselves Mormons. I did hear There's, that, and uh, it's pretty funny to me because that was a very, very expensive rebrand. <laughs> they had an entire campaign that they would put up in Times Square <laughs> called I'm a Mormon, where they would show, see, just regular oh, normal yeah. people are Mormons. And uh, what well, do you call I was that one of them. Did you know that? Did I ever tell you that story? You weren't on the Times You're Square billboard. The ad. You were just in the... No, the... but my friend was. <gasps> Charlie, cool. I'm pretty sure. No. No. Charlie has been on the I podcast? Yeah. Was one of the Times Square came... billboard Mormons? Yeah, like they came to New York and they did a whole shoot with a whole bunch of people. Again, that's when I lived in New York, and so oh I'm in I'm in a couple of the God. visitor centers. This is obviously wait. More than 10 years have ago. five of the six of us lived in New York? Mm. I've, wait, yeah, we both, do you guys are you guys are. all in New York? Yeah. yeah. Yes. What are your addresses? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you at T and Come. <laughs> I mean, I already revealed with context clues that I live in Manhattan. I assume you guys, based on brewery recommendations, love the train or do not live in Manhattan. <laughs> we can't. I work in Manhattan. Manhattan. I live in Queens. <laughs> so. I live in Queens. I live in Manhattan. <gasps> Take him, not I us. <laughs> Gosh, I'm not saying we have to have a play date. You guys can think about it after this first <laughs> date. I'm not going to make you promise the second one right away. But it is possible... Throwing that out there. Well, I think we should. I think we should, books. and we should. We should teach you more about beer. That, I've had that's at least do. two IPAs in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we could octuple that in a one sw- swell. F- you know, what yeah. the fuck word am mm-hmm. I trying to say? Because I'm drunk. Uh, we could do that in one evening. <laughs> okay, and then so we let's go finish. to one of those chewy vagina bars. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's, finish, let's finish talking about the book. Okay, there's so, so much left. Nate there's is so the much... designated driver of your podcast. Oh, clearly. definitely. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I uh, so. I still... Well, Wait, I had an I Egypt said, joke I didn't get to make. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All I was thinking... Like, so I, I know a thing or two about history. And they were talking about sacred Egyptian. And this is when I was... The, not the first. I don't want to give you know I don't brag, but this was one of the first times reading the book, and I was like, "This might be bullshit." And <laughs> <laughs> this was this was one of the first. I was with but you until like, now. He was like, "I was speaking sacred Egyptian." I was like, "That Straight was not a thing." <laughs> and because because Egyptian that the the you know what they what he's trying to channel of like you know the fucking pharaohs and pyramids and nonsense. There was a written language. Or there was a written script. That was, um, you know, sacred. You know, like the, the hieroglyphics were used for religious texts. And then they later developed a script for, you know, everyday shit called demotic. But there was no spoken version that was different. It was just how you wrote it down made it religious or not religious. Then, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense in this context. And I've been trying to think of a fucking pharaoh pun 
the whole time now. And no one's going to laugh at this joke except for Nate because he also is a nerd for history. It's like, that's some hot shit soup because hot shit soot was a pharaoh. I've seen the, I've seen the, uh, what's his name? I've seen the Oscar Isaac's Marvel show. I don't know what that is. I know who Hot Shit is. I said it bad. Tut tut, Michael. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, that went far over my head. Well, here's some context. So the, the Book of Mormon was written in reformed Egyptian. Oh, so they like they only celebrate Passover? Like what is that? <laughs> <laughs> reform. It 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 was I don't know actually well, they see, still do the this bar mitzvah, is where things it. that I just take for granted are suddenly reflected back to me. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's a weird way to describe it. <laughs> now I know. Um it's a special set of characters that non-Mormon scholars believe is an amalgamation of a bunch of bullshit, and active Mormon <laughs> scholars are like, well, this is just a sacred version of Egyptian that was only used in Inspired things. by so God. So that's kind of what he's talking about, is like... Okay. I, oh, it's bullshit. It's, yeah. it's possible that Chris Heimerdinger had the same level of linguistics understanding that Joseph Smith did when he <laughs> claimed to be able to translate Egyptian around the same time that the Rosetta Stone was being translated across yeah. the globe. But he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know that it was only a matter of time before people had literal ability to prove that he was full of shit. I, I, I would just like to direct only you Only a number the, of years, yeah. It's around the time that uh, Campoleon or whatever is, is, is deciphering that. But the uh, Wikipedia article on Reformed Egyptian has this, has this gem of a sentence. No archaeological linguistic... Or other evidence of the use of Egyptian <laughs> writing in the ancient Americas exists. I mean, you're That's talking to, right there. You're, you're talking about a religion where their main book of scripture was translated from golden plates that nobody saw. Joseph Smith didn't show anyone the golden plates. He kept them in a box, and at most, you could hold the box and feel how heavy it was. <laughs> It's That's like the how much the bullshit weighs. Yep, you would melt. I get it. I'm here for it. You gotta have faith. I got some. Checks I've got out. something to prove, and I have 10 percent of my disposable income to give you. <laughs> <laughs> you said how many wives? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's its own episode. <laughs> Okay, so back to the book. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, you guys, we're reading this book. I forgot. Yeah. So anyway, oh god, there's a, a bunch of really problem. stupid things, but mainly it comes down to trying to rescue Jenny, and there's going to be a big battle between <laughs> tea and cum and Amalikia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big there's battle. Like there's going to be a big battle in there. There's also an assassination attempt. It's a sausage attempt. fest. <laughs> There's also an assassination attempt that the two little white boys somehow managed to hear. Oh, and yeah, the attempt they where like... they all stand in a circle and say their own names and who they're going to kill in order. Okay, okay. <laughs> and they say yeah, their so name know. and their dad's name. And the last four of their social security. They say I'm Larry from, there are a I'm lot Larry of from the village, like. not from the other place. There are a lot of kids with the same first name, like 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 eight mics in the same class, and you know sixth grade. So uh, and, like, and I want to make sure. Theory, I get it. Fifteen moron eyes. Moroni. Moroni. Moroni is a plural of Italian morons. <laughs> no, no, you have a moronus. A, a, a moronos. <laughs> a moroni. All right. 
A Moroni is a group of Moronuses. <laughs> no. So, okay. There, this makes sense. You guys just don't know. You just don't know no. the truth. That's true. Very correct. In Mormonism, you understand that there is sort of this like pattern of patter in the Book of Mormon where people are obsessed with saying, this is my name, son of so-and-so. So that's its own thing. Like the, it's they like do that it's in like Lord of the Rings in Mulan. Too. <laughs> you guys remember Mulan, right? They come to the village. We got to take one person from every family, and they do the roll call, and they say uh, "far" as the last name first, and then the family name, and then the given name. So it's just that with extra steps, basically. Also, in Mormon Book of Mormon stories, the bad guys love to swear oaths. They love mm-hmm. to swear oaths, and. It often involves the threat of violence because they're bad, right? We got to depict that somehow in a literary device. So the inclusion of violence, da, da, da. Of course, that being said, can we talk about like how many people these children, these 11 to 13-year-old children saw die in the course of this story? I started keeping a tally. Incredibly violent. I stopped keeping the tally, so I can't tell you what the final count is, but they (laughs) see so many people die right in front of them, (laughs) often people they just made friends with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're fine. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is like, oh man, there's this girl that I am in love with, and I have to go back to modern day <laughs> America because they're they've just invented the mall in the last decade, and it's a pretty groovy place to go. Not that we have one in Cody, Wyoming, which is the biggest <laughs> complaint of my life as a 13 year old. Anyway, so uh, an interesting thing to know is that active believing Mormons in 1989, when this book was published. When they would go to the temple, the Mormon temple, right? They have these Mormon temples. There's a statue of an angel on top of them holding a trumpet. They're all over the world by this point. It is a pandemic, but it's fine because it's fantastic real estate value for the surrounding community. (laughs) And when you go into those temples, you do these sacred rites of the Mormon faith. And they're very secret. Well, they're sacred. They're not secret. But as being sacred, you kind of keep it secret because, you know, how it goes. (laughs) You've all been there. And... In 1989, some of these rituals involved saying, I promise I will not reveal this secret lest my throat be slit. And then you draw your hand across your neck like this. Or one where you're like, and my, you can't see it because the camera, but it's like my stomach will be like disemboweled. Good thing I'm wearing I really thought we were going to see some brain right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's and like the long hour and a half gotcha. Just <laughs> nothing like a, a a lack of consent to nudism on the podcast. Um, the on like, audio podcast. On audio podcast. He's showing us his testicles. It's Everyone's <laughs> saying, "Wow, they're so impressive," and that's not even my taste of things how, that I like. How smooth! <laughs> Talk about a chewy vagina. Set that aside. I think. Um, sir, you know sir, I'm just going to back out. I'm just going to reverse out of this. Um, anyway, in the Mormon temple, you would perform these these sacred rites that would include penalties, violent penalties of how you would die if you ever shared the secrets. So it's just interesting how in the Book of Mormon scripture, that's what the bad guys would always do. But in your modern-day Mormonism, that's what you do every time you go to the temple to get good, warm, fuzzy feelings because no one loves anything more than serotonin. Oh, my God. And if I can induce serotonin production inside of a group setting where we're all kind of producing it at the same time, like, what's more euphoric 
than that. That's why he showed us his balls. Yes. I'm glad someone else. I wanted it. you all to see what a good job I did. Not he was just. I mean, it was. It was thematic. I mean, they were in a cave. They were probably bats. They have bat wings. He I thought you said they were in a cage. I was like, we're making a lot of assumptions about my what? fetish display. <laughs> I think bat wing is a perfect, perfectly PG rated. <laughs> Lauren is now hiding. She's, she's, she's just googling Batwing frantically. <laughs> <laughs> what is Batwing? Jeeves, tell me. <laughs> she had an she had a weird itch, and in the context of this conversation, she was afraid of us jumping to conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the book. <laughs> right, the book of Mormon. so nope. Uh, the other book. So, we're among t- the so there's like an assassination attempt, but they managed to like. Foil, and then there's going to be this God. big battle, and then Garth goes away with like one dude for a reason to be a translator because that wasn't just a like important plot device. Uh, and then the uh, and then Wayne, no, that's not his name, Jim, Jim. goes to <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> then Jim is like, yeah, Oh, yeah, Garth then, Plimpton and Wayne Blumpton. Well, there's Wayne and, 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 in, in my mind, it was Wayne and Garth. It was just for some oh, reason, that's what I was thinking. It was <laughs> Wayne and Garth. Okay, when they grew up, they made Wayne's world. Yeah, that's yes, so funny because exactly. I was just thinking of Garth Brooks the whole time. We have different cultural backgrounds. The singer? I was thinking of Chris Gaines. No, that's the wrong <laughs> I was thinking how much longer is left in the book. <laughs> we are 46% this, into the book. This is one of these books where I literally looked how many pages are left every three pages. I definitely <laughs> did. Uh, anyway, and there's like there's going to be a battle, and then there like is a battle, and Jim even fights in the battle and does okay. He for a someone. kid, I mean, does very well for a kid. Uh, and well, then, he took three lessons in swordsmanship in exchange for telling, like, teaching him how to sing "Oh Susanna" or some bullshit. They sing a <laughs> fucking theme oh song God. to Gilligan's right. Island. They sang songs, and none of these army people had ever heard of none of these Nephite army people had ever heard of singing a song while you're marching before, which was kind of weird. Also, okay. Ashley will appreciate this, and I will appreciate this, and some listeners will appreciate this. Most won't. But one of the songs that he teaches them, besides the O Susanna songs and the Gilligan's Island theme song. And Twist and Shout by the Beatles. Literally the Gilligan's (laughs) Island theme song. But the other song that he teaches them is a song you sing as a child in Mormon church called Book of Mormon Stories, which is a song about different stories that happened to the people who lived in the Book of Mormon, including the people he's marching with. So he's like singing them a song about themselves that at this point is most known for its aggressive racial stereotypes and the hand motions where you're like all about the Lamanites and you put like the two fingers behind your head to be Indian feathers. Oh, nice. It's a, ooh, man, it was a great time to not realize the problems uh, in the world. He's like singing the marching song, being like, and that guy's definitely gonna die. <laughs> it's <laughs> already in the story. He has a recognizable name. Don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Speaking of people who die in the book, Tian oh, has a plan. Because yes. the Malachi is the leader of the Lamanite army. And he's like, we gotta get rid of this guy. Because if we get rid of this guy, then you cut the head off the snake, and that's the end of the story. Clearly, he's never seen the animated Hercules movie. He doesn't know about Hydra, so that doesn't even cross his mind as a possibility. 
he's like, just normal snakes here. This is Mesoamerica. The, the weirdest we get is Quetzalcoatl, the surf, flying serpent. So he's deciding that they're going to go sneak into the camp at night to assassinate the leader of the opposing army. This is also after they've killed his son. Young, that ki- oh, yeah, that killed Tiancom's young son. Very Precom. sad. Very sad part of the book. Was, this, was it Tian Jizz? What was his name again? Tian Precom. His name is Tian Oh, my God. So... Jim, the 13-year-old boy, is like, why don't I come on this solo assassin mission with you? And Captain Tian comes like, that's insane. You're a child. And he's like, yeah, but I'm the protagonist of this book. So if I don't go, we have limited POV and we're not going to know what happens. It's not going to be a satisfying end of the story. He's like, you drive a good point here. So off they go. And I have to tell you guys that this happens in the Book of Mormon. The same thing happens, minus the little white child. (laughs) And rescuing Jenny. She's not in the Book of Mormon either. Where Tiancum sneaks into the enemy camp in the middle of the night. By just walking in. Just walking in. No one's guarding watch. This is 70 to 75 BC. They haven't considered nighttime wartime strategy yet. So no one's thought, oh, we should assign people to be awake. Everyone's like, I want to fucking sleep. So they're all sleeping. It's a great, you know, it's a nice thing to sleep. There is earlier in the book a part where they go camp out and like dudes get murdered for like fucking cocoa beans or whatever they're eating. Yeah. And you're like, tostadas. You clearly are pure dark ancient, chocolate. The, the ancient, ancient Jewish Mexicans that are in this book. <laughs> I'm excited for like one or more of your, your listeners who are literally Jewish Mexicans who are like, I've never been more seen by a <laughs> So they sneak into the camp Get to fish tacos. Nobody is... <laughs> nobody is aware of them sneaking in because no one is watching. They're all sleeping. No, there's, when they're walking in, a few guards see them and they just wave and they're like, oh, that must be our guys coming back from the fight. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Cool. Because they're like, don't put on your, don't put on your helmet because that'll give us a different hat. <laughs> Everything else we wear, shop at the same store. Meanwhile, um, earlier, well, they're, the book, everyone, they're wearing a diaper. Everyone's pointing out the whole this book. kid is, yeah, oh, the diaper, fuck. Well, it's also, a, it's called the rest of it. Clock. Everyone's looking at this kid like, this kid's white as shit. What the fuck is wrong with him? But now it's like, oh, that's normal. That's one of ours. It just well, it's nighttime. Oh. Um, he only saw the kid. <laughs> he didn't even see the other guy. So they sneak. They, and Jim's like, I know which tent is Amalekiah's. It's the big Suspicious, one. Suspicious, but whatever. So they go to the biggest tent. He probably could have used his own context clues. But again, <laughs> limited POV, established early in the book. We're kind of trapped by that, so we just need an excuse to see what happens. And again, what Tiancom does happens in the Book of Mormon. This is how Amalekiah dies in the Book of Mormon. Same story. So when you're reading this and you know the story in the Book of Mormon, you're like, oh my God, this is it. It's happening. I'm seeing it happen in real life. <laughs> Forgetting, because you're totally sutured into the dramatic narrative that, you're, that this is technically recreational fiction. And they slip into the tent. And Tiancom has a javelin, very phallic. <laughs> and what he does is he raises the javelin up above his head and then plunges it down, penetrates <laughs> Amalekiah yeah. with his javelin, <laughs> instantly and silently killing him. 
his uh, chewy vagina. Then <laughs> there's still like two chapters left, which I skimmed. <laughs> yeah, there's so, like 14 more volumes of this shit. Uh huh. Is that yeah, true? There's a bunch of these books. There are this a lot, is, and apparently there. There's another one. There, when I w- clicked on the Wikipedia page, it was like there were like a ton of them, and then there's another one that's gonna come out. <gasps> there are no. thir- That dude's grandma was busy. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's very like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, where some of them are like, and now we're adults, and it's our children. There are 13 published, but the last one came out in 2020, and then that was a part one of two so there's a tbd on the wait on hold on four. the first one the first part came out in 2020 and then he the had f- all of quarantine shut down to like focus in and finish the second half he had he to do, do a lot of archaeological work to make sure he got it accurate you know he's like i can't he has to translate can't just keep making up shit about these mexican jews i gotta find out <laughs> i'm running truth. out of mexican <laughs> foods to include in my stories i need to learn more well it was like volume nine was like you know, uh, fucking uh, taco is among the emoliolites. And then there was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and I think part one, there was a crunch wrap supreme, and he was like, oh, <laughs> I should probably do a little more research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they like Captain T and Come kills. Amalikia and just and then when because he dies, so he the whole him off. army just like disintegrates. They're just it's like, like the oh, Wicked Witch of the West. We can't. Yeah, exactly. They definitely melt in the rain, and then they just go away, and then everything is fine. And then they like find the old guy again, who leads them to a cave that leads them back to Cody, Wyoming, in their time. And then they're back in their time, but it's the middle of the night and they get back into the house. And then the next morning, the parents are like, it's literally the day they left, but it's just one day later, but it's 3 a.m. So they get back. And then in the morning, the parents are like, when did you get in? We were going to call the police. How dare you? And then, first of all, why didn't they call the police? Yeah, you have to wait 48 hours till they're missing. It's like anyone who's seen a cop show knows that. Again, it was 1989, (laughs) kids just went missing for fun, it was recreational. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the parents were like, We can have sex now because there's one less child, two less children in the house. We better get started on that next batch, (laughs) we got to fill the seats. Uh, and then uh, the book kind of ends with Jim being like, I have this ring. I think it's from that girl I met, but I don't really remember. My memory's getting all fuzzy about that thing that happened. Well, he did watch a lot of people He watched die. a lot of people die. Also, yeah. there was something... It's, he's definitely just P- PTSD. There was something yeah. where it's like, you guys can't tell anybody what happened or you're going to lose your memory. That's basically my understanding of the situation. And so well, I was not reading it that closely, so <laughs> I'll I'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, so anyway, and then that's the I end of the, the book, and that's the end of the book, and then so the end. Which is why he's saying it was my grandma who wrote this, because oh, yeah. he wrote it down, and oh. by writing it down, he like, quote unquote, told it, um, and oh, okay. lost his But also, we, we skipped early in the book. We, we mentioned, you know, his drunken escapades of chugging one course. <laughs> and then everybody badass. was like, you piece of shit. And then the grandma was, she went on a hunger strike prayer oh, yeah. fest. <laughs> and she like went a into her. Happened. And then I was like, what is this about? They're like, don't, you're going to kill her. She's on <laughs> dialysis or whatever the fuck it was. And she's like hiding and not eating. And, and he went to, she's grandma, got I'm really sorry. three diabetes. <laughs> 
He's like, Grandma, I'm really sorry. I drank one devil juice. Can you please love me Dude, again? Dude, they called it. They said, I'm going to corrupt my body with an evil and pernicious nectar. Which is true, actually. That's actually what I, it is. I would call I would call Coors It's also like a great that. title for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> evil and pernicious nectar. Pernicious nectar. Uh, you know... Or we can call a, it broccoli. There, there is a brewery called Wicked Weed, uh, so I'm what? sure they have something called Pernicious Nectar. <laughs> Wait, is that CBD beer? Because no, no, it's just it's just shitty beer. Oh. <laughs> uh, but then Grandma opens the door and she's like, "Come!" and she like, "You're gonna be a special boy one day." I could tell because I go on vision quests when I don't <laughs> she's in eat there just and take my medications. On <laughs> she's on ayahuasca in her room for a day at a time. I wanted her to like come out at the end of the story, like the woman from the Titanic, and like drop the ring in the ocean. Like I thought we were gonna see Granny. Yeah, like she, again she's gonna have the end. I think she gives him like the muddy silent, tennis shoes. She gives him like a silent nod or something. <laughs> Do you think his grandma went on that darkness retreat with Aaron Rodgers? He went on this like thing where he's shut and he's like in darkness for like days, and then it's supposed to simulate a DMT oh. experience. Which my I response just, is to you like just do DMT it just be easier to do DMT. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdo! It's Him legal. And Pat McAfee, you guys surprised I know who Pat McAfee is. I know McAfee, the the antivirus guy. Uh, <laughs> it's John McAfee. Oh, John McAfee. I, that guy, that guy <laughs> loved DMT. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy killed a guy. Uh, no, it's funny. Of. Allegedly, John McAfee is the antivirus guy, of. and then Pat McAfee is the one with the, the podcast who has Aaron Rodgers on, who's the anti-vax guy. So there's the two uh, sides of that dichotomy. Okay, connected by McAfee. John McAfee actually very pro-vaccine, but pro-murder as well. Well, yeah, it's antivirus. Uh. <laughs> no, that's the thing. He's like anti-vax because he thinks they kill people, but he fucking loves killing people, so he wants. To do that. <laughs> Well, he doesn't want... He's like, hey, you're, you're cutting on my action. <laughs> I kill people. <laughs> That's <laughs> my <saying>. thing. <laughs> so, oh, can't have it. So, anyway, so that's the book. book. That is a book. I actually love how much Nate hated the oh, book. Oh, God. I mean, we've <laughs> oh, read... Our podcast was, is yeah. mostly us reading bad books and being like, why the fuck do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> but um, this was up there under the worst <laughs> books we've read. What's it's hilarious. up there. Not the worst, because at least I could say it was skimmable. So at least I could just be like, oh, mm. fuck it, whatever. I, think I, I was reading it, and I was like, I'm getting sucked into this. This is a great time. This is amazing. But I also realized that if you don't know what the fuck anybody's talking I didn't know. about. I, I, I knew that these are like And if you don't have the like stories. indoctrination foundation yeah. to care about these characters they're naming. It's, and I'm like, I have no idea. You know when the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe starts to like drift into oh this isn't necessarily an interesting story but it's a lot of nostalgia service so we're here for it that's kind of what this book is for Mormons where it's like every page turn there's another reference to a thing that you recognize and you're like oh my god Um, so yeah I like reading fan fiction of a thing we know nothing about for us yeah you read fan fiction you know nothing about (laughs) this was like. Reading the Silmarillion, and then you're like, "What do you think about the Lord of the Rings?" <laughs> fucking, what are you talking about? <laughs> but now you guys have some foundation to talk about if the missionaries ever approach you on a subway platform. Well, we've already read Dianetics, so like this is up there. Mm. Oh. Yeah, we just got to get a Jehovah's Witness book, and we'll be ready for everything. <laughs> you just need a pamphlet for them, I think. Uh, something about a watchtower or some shit. It's like a short like a, episode. A, a, what is the opposite of a birthday card? 
A funeral? A, a, a fucking jury duty summons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Sorry for losing you Your three Jehovah's Witnesses Subscribers Well There's There's something We like Pray to do. for us There's something That we tend to do On our podcast That I thought Maybe we could do With you guys Because We're a Mormon podcast And Everybody who's Mormon Knows That no lesson Is complete Without The an activity, activity. So I do have a little activity. If you're going to make us play Fuck, Marry, play. Kill with fucking oh. fights, <laughs> That's a much From better the idea characters than what I do. In I'm the book. absolutely going to fuck TN Cum. I know it's going to be was a that, time. Was that a list of three activities? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, I you do afterwards. I, I thought we could do a little activity with you guys to see how you stack up against Lauren, because now we have four mm. non-Mormons. In the same oh, sure. airwaves. Uh oh. Okay. The pressures, the <laughs> yeah. heat is on. Is this, like, is this like a trivia event or what? what, is, what is... Yeah, kind of. Um, it's an activity. <laughs> we call this round Mormons, more problems. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this, yep, absolutely. And the name of the game is I'm going to list the names of books because you guys read lots and lots of books. And the challenge is can you identify which of these fairly well known books? were written by Mormons. Oh, no. Twilight. Yes. <laughs> we have one. done some. Okay, no, do your Ender's questions game. and yeah. see what, we'll see what we... I'm excited think, to see what you guys know. I can think of at least one more. Okay. okay. So, this number one, Mormon. Mastering the Art of French Cooking by Julia Child. Wait, is this a gladiator yay or nay? This is a gladiator yay or nay, but you have to do it out loud because it's a podcast. Oh, Julia sh- um, Child I'm is uh, No I'm way Julia Child I mean, I Mormon. feel like the answer is no, but... You wouldn't have put that unless the answer was yes. You wouldn't she have put drank it in here, all so. the time. So she wasn't a good Mormon. She, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, she drank a lot of wine. She I had a like, she had a very interesting past as a spy in she communist was like a China in, during World War II. Two women in China. So she had the gifts of time. She was a yeah, six. There you go. <laughs> Ju- Julia Child was 6'2" as a white woman in China, and she was a spy? <laughs> what the fuck was that strategy? <laughs> no one will notice her. Like, oh, the Chinese, they're mad. Oh, what are they do? And she like, that was, what the fuck was that? That was the worst plan. We, I can't believe we won that war. Holy shit. That was our plan? I would say no, she was not a Mormon. Definitely not a Mormon. She was constantly topping off the wine when she cooked. Nate? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say there's a chance. Well, I mean, there's always a chance because Mormons <laughs> baptize the dead. But in this case, pretty fucking sure Julia Child was not Mormon. Oh, nice. okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Next book, The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Ooh. Not a- Suzanne Collins sounds like a Mormon name, <laughs> and it's about kids killing each other. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. Based she, on nothing, I think she in, she like learned her uh, art. Uh, those books suck ass. Um, I'm gonna say yes. I'll, I'll put her Mormon because uh, she learned she learned it from from Joseph Joseph S. I Mac, have Big Mac Daddy of bad to fan base fiction. this on at all. Besides, and I've never I, I, never, I don't know anything about her that Susan Collins as a person, so I have no idea. So I'm just gonna say no. But as I could far be wrong. as 
as far as we know, Suzanne Collins is not Mormon. Damn. Okay, there we go. Just a regular. She, she just could a be a secret Mormon. Who loves first person. Um, <laughs> what about Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card? Oh, he Mormon. is Mormon. I know that. Definitely Mormon. Mormon. He's Mormon. He's Mormon. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's the great great grandson of Brigham Young. Actually, really? Do you know? Which I don't ex- know, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. There were all Mormon royalty. We had a somebody. Here's, we had a very interesting experience reading that one on the podcast because Mike had an older version of the book than we did with the racist passages that <laughs> with were all not, the all the racism <laughs> left in. We're like, there's, you know, also, there's a lot of subtle racism. Mike's like, there's a lot of very overt racism. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> there's a ton of uh, under eighteen years old penises in that as well. Is my memory of reading that as a child. I don't remember the penises, but I, I mean, I assume there were children, so they definitely had penises. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson? Brandon Sanderson is Mormon. He went to Brigham Young. Uh, I agree with Nate. Nate read those he, books. Nate he likes was nerd very books. Very convincing. Nate was so. I'm going to agree with that, even though I have no idea. Correct. That's not my game. I just Brandon, wanted to <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Sanderson is Mormon. I remember when I was at BYU, sometimes there would be a big fucking crowd through the bookstore, which was, depending on your route across campus, a convenient place to cut through. And there would be all these fucking idiots there waiting in line to talk to Brandon Sanderson and get something signed. Anyway, uh, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Definitely <laughs> a Mormon. Definitely. Absolutely a Mormon. Interested in more men, but not a Mormon. Not Mormon, but there is a Mormon adaptation. There is a a movie adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, a Mormon Pride and Prejudice movie. It's it's guys, it's actually pretty good. Wait, were all the sisters married the same man? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, in this version, they're they're roommates. They're not actually sisters. Oh, okay. oh, like but they all married so, the same so man. So it's not weird what? when they all, they all marry Mr. Bingley because he's rich. He's rich and he helped fund the start of the Mormon church. So he had a little bit of prestige to him. Joseph would let him do whatever he wanted. Um, that's not Bingley. That's someone else. What about Darcy? Mr. Darcy, you're right. Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Oh, no way. Definitely he's not. not. He's not. He's not Mormon. He's like a wicked or something. He's, he's a gay weirdo. in his name. There's no way. <laughs> gay, gay man? man I don't think so. No <laughs> I just I just included him to make someone at home be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> what about Fable Haven by Brandon Mole? Definitely. I, I don't. I don't know, know what these is. words are. Never heard of that. So oh, no idea. Well, you'll learn that an easy way is like mildly obscure fantasy genre. It's a Mormon who wrote it. He's a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> what about The Maze Runner? Made into a very popular movie series, but the books were written by James Dashner. Ooh, that, that, oh, that sounds vaguely it's, Mormon to me. I'm going to go Mormon. Unless I'll say it. I have yeah, nothing to lose. I'll, I'll, and I don't think anybody has sex in the book, so I feel like Mormon. Have not read it and no, or seen the movie, so I'm just going to say Mormon. I'm going to assume the maze he was running was that of adolescence where you can't masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the first movie, and I'm going to say not Mormon. Mormon. Yes. There you go. Everyone at home who loves the Maze Runner movies. Amazing. (laughs) Wait, can I I add a a trivia to this? Please do. So James Dashner also wrote another series called The 13th Reality. And there happens to be a character whose name is Sophia Pacini, <gasps> who is legitimately named after my father. 
Your father's name is Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering about they uh, they worked together in the at the church before he left working for the church and turned into a full time author. And he was like, I don't know that. Brother Puccini gives off a kind of a youthful feminine vibe. Exactly, exactly. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> that is a are legacy. There, are there a lot of Mormons with Italian last names, or did they think it was a sandwich? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely in the sandwich. Uh, there are not that many Italians with, or Mormons with Italian last names. Yeah, for the most part, they're sort of like Scandinavian, Danish, or English. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can Hail tell faces. that in the facial structures as well. <laughs> or how much they worshipped blonde hair in this novel. <laughs> oh, my God. Also. Again, I cannot reiterate too many times how this book was fucking obsessed with skin tone. What about all, all, the girl All I heard in, in my head, like, reading this, I was like, the Native American ancient Mexican Jews or whatever they were, just going, like, pretty yellow-haired lady. Like, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> well, here's the thing, because you know how sometimes people in South America have, like, blonde hair or blue eyes or whatever. Some yeah, because their are... grandfather escaped from World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> Mormons would be like, oh my God, see? It's the Nephites. Um, speaking of Scandinavia... Gunther's a Nephite, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> what about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stig Larsson? Um, Not a chance. No. That no. book sucked no so way. much. I hope he was Mormon, because uh, it was really... <laughs> I hope he goes. I hope he's Mormon just so he goes to hell for it. Not Mormon. What uh, about the Secret by Rhonda Byrne? Ooh, that's dumb enough to be a Mormon book. Right? <laughs> have you guys not heard of the Secret? Oh, oh we, we have. The secret. We have. We've heard we have. So, yet. so one of our, our uh, recurring themes every year we do a, a Christmas book swap with each other, where mm-hmm. we punish each other with the worst book we could find. That's and, awesome. And and we have threatened the Secret. Like that, that we, it's like that. It's kind of like that's too easy of a shitty book to make each other read. So we are well aware of that. It's like the, it's like uh, believe nuclear, it and you'll uh, make mutually it happen. assured Shit. destruction. Like we all like have that ready to go, so no one can do it. <laughs> Wait, and have you never done the Book of Mormon? No, no. I mean, the, 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 the well, closest we know what re- we're getting you. <laughs> <laughs> Nate got us Dianetics one Christmas. Yeah, that was the okay. worst. Fair enough. Um, in terms of culty religious books. <laughs> okay, oh, what about The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey? Are any of the, are any of the habits don't drink or talk to black people? Habits, not anti-habits. <laughs> <laughs> don't. I'm gonna Is say it yes. one habit per wife? Is that how that works? Uh, it's I'm literally the habits, yeah. like the things that nuns wear. Yeah. Some of them are very effective. Um, This New York Times bestseller is written by a Mormon. Yes. And then, of course, last but not least, a nice, easy, softball, Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Yes, Mormon. I knew that was a good The book where she drank a Coke and stayed awake for a day. She she stayed awake for like... Three days. Three days, yeah. Like international travel. She's like, I'm flying. And she was <laughs> from one dose of caffeine. And then Edward was like, your pussy smells. And it was a very <laughs> odd book. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very odd book. We've done the whole series. We've done the whole I've, I've, I've actually that. never read or seen one, which is probably. They are bad. 
I'm uh, jealous. <laughs> the whole premise is that she smells bad, and Elvis and uh, Ed- Edward is like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It might be and nice. Then, That's then the, the whole end, plot. But also at the mm. end, the wolf wants to fuck a baby. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Yep. I didn't say whose baby, <laughs> but he wants to fuck a baby. Yeah. That's weird. Does he have AIDS? That's a Book <laughs> no, of Mormon he's... reference. That's a Book of Mormon <laughs> musical reference. Um, <laughs> he's their tea and cum. Kevin. Oh my god. Um oh, anyway, that's gosh. our activity. And that's our book this week. I learned fellas. something. I, I learned am... a lot of things I didn't <coughs> want to know. So one of the questions <laughs> we always we always ask at the end is after we talked about it is so who should read it? Fucking no one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is our answer a lot of times. So that's not an I would say answer for if us, someone's but... if someone loves the Book of Mormon stories, they would have a great time with this book. They are not listening to us yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. but someone might know someone who knows someone. Hey, I heard you're uh, if into you're dumb related shit. to a Mormon and need to give a gift for Christmas, yeah. this is what if, you would. If buy. you're going to a Mormon, this is for children, though. You know, it's for middle schoolers. So if you're going to a Mormon bar mitzvah, this is what you give. <laughs> like this is not a thing you'd give. You gave this to a grown up. You're like, here. I thought you'd like this book that has a sixth grade reading level. <laughs> it's kind of a dick move. <laughs> You seem slow. It's like, that was an easy end to reading. <laughs> like, they really pick up by book 10. <laughs> Dude, looking at these, some of these titles are amazing. I really like Warriors of the Kumara. <laughs> oh, and Kimura. It's, oh, Kimura. It's fucking Kimura. You guys Kimura. just don't know. Kimura is what you get when, you're, when you get with a cheap prostitute in... In this land, right? Well, hey, if you if you if you get with the the whores of Camorra, you don't have to bring, bang the drums of desolation, which is volume twelve. Yeah, there's or a part what? of there's an area in the Book of Mormon called the Land of Desolation. It's called Utah. But what? <laughs> why? Why would I'm you? I'm sorry. Southern Utah is beautiful, and there's I not just a lot love of people, salt, which helps it. What is a gladianton? Gadianton. Gadianton is a tribe of robbers who are very wicked, very nasty, wicked, false. As opposed to Zaddy Anton, which is a old guy's gay bar. But he's but he's but he's ripped. It's a Zaddy. It's like King Triton's bar. I would read the the fan fiction of the Zaddy Anton robbers. My Zaddy Anton. My Zaddy. Also, by the way, one of my notes that I wrote when I was reading this book was like how fucking jealous I was that when they first find the Lamanites, right? Like they find the old blind guy, only person for miles, and then the Lamanites come and kidnap them and take them to the village. Jenny, the little sister, gets too tired, and she can't walk. So Madonai, the the leader of this band, picks her up and carries her. And I wrote down in my notes, I was like, oh, God, how jealous I am. Of, I wish I could be carried through the woods by a tall, <laughs> handsome Lamanite. <laughs> and that is the kind of thinking that gets you to leave the church. <laughs> <laughs> This book may have saved many children from a lifelong Mormon <laughs> there was thing. A, 
There was a degree to where I was reading this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of like male hero worship happening on pretty much every page. How influential the was guy's name this is come my personal sexuality. <laughs> Like, this and Newsies, I think, pretty much set in stone the path I was going to go down. Newsies? <laughs> Bunch of handsome young boys dancing fiercely. <laughs> Just wanted to read. Nine-year-old? Mm. <laughs> read all about it, you know? A it's nine-year-old just... who didn't have an older brother and had an absent military father, and there was sort of a presence that needed to be filled with fantasy. What did you think was going to happen? So to answer your question, that's who that's should, who read, should this read this book. <laughs> that is very niche. <laughs> Young Mormon boys questioning their sexuality. <laughs> they don't even have to be questioning yet. They just have to be curious. Interested. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be sexual. It can just be about intimacy and the strong, handsome arms of an older man who knows of his all- way with a sword. And can defend you and protect you from a very scary world that's not safe because you're starting to realize that something deep inside you is at great odds with the ideology you've been indoctrinated with since you were born. (laughs) They're all going to be played by Pedro Oh, my God. (laughs) You guys, what if... He's tan enough. I don't know who he pitches this to. We could do the HBO adaptation of Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites, starring Pedro Pascal as one of the characters who doesn't die. <laughs> this is one of the... This will go as well as Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it'll provide some jobs for the people who make it. And me, a moment of respite from a cruel world. <laughs> I much prefer the adult male-oriented film Battlefield Girth, which was <laughs> much, just stayed more true to the source material. Really, yeah, L. Dong, L. Dong Hubbard really put it out a good one there. This Long would dong. be the, the least, the least compelling part of the the like porno <laughs> adaptation of this story is how none of the names are changed. <laughs> because like, this guy's name was Heimerdinger, which I think is just like a really big dingleberry. Like, what is a Heimerdinger? <laughs> or it just sounds like something like an old person says instead of a sexual, like, oh, you have a real Heimerdinger, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> suddenly they're not children, they're all adults. And so you have Jim Hawkins and Girth Plimpton. <laughs> Girth Plumpkin. Girth Plumpton, I guess. I don't know. Oh we God. can workshop it. Get HBO you gotta go for girth. It's gotta you guys be think we're joking? We do have friends in the Mormon porn industry. At least is one. that a thing? Where you just show some ankles? Oh my gosh, off? you guys! Okay, we'll send you links. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. entirely G-rated. It is not, <laughs> unless by G you no, mean. It, it. Well, okay, on that note, everybody, (laughs) I think that's been enough for this episode. Tell us what you thought. (laughs) Yeah, we sign off with... Well, we we sign off. We could do our sign-off thing after. How do you guys do that? We say... uh, Oh, what do we say? God, I can't remember. Peace be upon him. Um, We (laughs) say, you know, we'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, and then name, 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 and now we bid unto all farewell, because that's the final phrase in the Book of Mormon. How polite. <laughs> and we just say, send us an email to <laughs> gmail.com. Which we did. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you did, Borsa, yeah. to listeners. Oh, Works every time. Uh. Look what happens if you do it. We read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long fucking week. I had jury duty this week. <gasps> And I had to sit there and oh, wait, no. and I had to read this. And I would, I, there were times I'd rather, I sat there and did nothing rather than read this. Dude, can I tell you oh, some of the staring things? Staring into the abyss. I'm glad we all did our preparation anyway. Dude, I, I, if I told you the things I read instead of this, like I read the entire <laughs> Wikipedia article for the British rock band Half Man, Half Biscuit <laughs> instead of reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> like that's got to be better than this. <laughs> anything. I was reading the shitty subway poetry ads. <laughs> that's a New York joke for those of you who don't live here. Congratulations on having disposable income. It was like, "Oh my god, this is I would read the book and it would be it would feel like 2 years had passed and I would look at the kind of like Three percent? What? <laughs> How many fucking guys, laminites are there? Lauren, <laughs> Lauren is going to be glowing for like weeks because we have made her hear stories from the actual Book of Mormon, and um, it hasn't made us. They're it's worse. almost made. It, it's possible? almost threatened at different times to like end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we've got fourteen more to go. So, <laughs> so next week, no, uh, I'll kill myself. I swear to God, I'll kill myself. Right, we, we should do the next one, though. This is this is a lot of fun. This is yeah. This is, Mike, <laughs> Jimmy, and Nate, we have had a great time with you. Also, IPAs, not actually as bad as I remember. There you go. I don't That's think Lauren ever drank hers. <laughs> I I hate them. She was like, I could do one of two things I don't want. Read the book or drink the drink. I really thought I was going to get through the whole episode without anybody calling me out on it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Got it under the wire. (laughs) It's a podcast. No one will see if I don't actually take a drink. Thank you guys and uh, for following up after... Just about a year of us totally fucking dropping the ball on this. <laughs> no, and, we uh, also, like, we were having time zone struggles, and then suddenly it was like, oh, wait, we're minus one time zone now. This could work. It was impossible. It was like, yeah. one per we could record at New York time, but one person is 11 hours ahead. <laughs> 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 All right, well, that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we could do about that. Uh, but I'm glad this, this was this was awesome, and we should definitely do it again. And we, now we have an excuse for a uh, reconnaissance mission for uh, for beers to to educate you. Ooh, yes, I do love a good education. Now that I'm not being graded on it, it's not alcoholism <laughs> if there's a reason for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's science. I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. <laughs> Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. And uh, we never mentioned our Patreon, but if you have too much money that you haven't tithed all of it to the Mormon <laughs> church, you can give it to us at patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub. You can get all sorts of shit for that. And by shit, I mean good stuff. <laughs> uh, shit in the positive sense. Oh, yeah. Also, like, if you're one of the people out there and you're like, you know what? This Mormon stuff sounds fucking wild. I would love to learn more. You can find us at Drunk Mormon Podcast. On Instagram, we deleted our Twitter because we just used the excuse of the Elon thing, but we just never used it. Fair. And you Let know, you can listen to in. Lauren suffer through 
not quite as rough things. Oh, do you want to know who Bigfoot is? We have the answer in our podcast feed. Specific what? person, by the way. It's Sean Bradley. Spoiler. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.